show. Um, I don't know if I would have paid the price for the tickets that we had, though, because we were in nosebleeds. We were literally third yeah, row I from saw the, the top, from it. and those tickets were like $78, 80 hmm. Yeah. We, we drove down with a couple of Grace's friends, and they had tickets in the 100 bowl, and they were $170 a piece. Jeez. Yeah. It's it's insane, but that place was sold out. Yeah, it I was it, it was ridiculous. There were yeah. so many people there. Welcome to Hugging No Learning. It's a show about one thing. Watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell, and we're getting right into it this week. Well, we I mean we're gonna not get right into the episode. We've got a lot of prologue, <laughs> but it's gonna be a doozy because we've got an hour long episode. Yes, and we've got kind of a season four clearinghouse of news and updates and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So. Before we get to all that, should we start with our homework from the handicap spot? Uh, I, I think so. I, I think you've got a little more in-depth stuff. So do you want me to do the uh, handicap parking space yeah, fines? Yeah, you said you real found quick? something interesting. Here. I did, and you know, who'd have thought that parking in a handicap spot is not an arrestable offense? <laughs> no, it's not a felony in <laughs> New York not. City. I can't believe that wow. they have bigger crimes to worry about. <laughs> Let me take a guess. So this is 2019's number. I'm guessing you didn't find 93's number. I didn't. No, okay. I found 2019's number. I'm going to guess 50 bucks. Uh, similar to the regional differences found in compliant parking designs, approved warning to advisory signs for unauthorized <laughs> use. So these spaces are also vary from state to state. Minimum fine of $50 it oh! is found in Alabama and oh. Pennsylvania, while a $500 maximum is the norm in Georgia and Virginia. Okay. Nothing for New York State. But cars illegally parked in handicapped spaces may be towed, and violators also may risk mandated community service in addition to fines. So that's ge- in New York. Are you- everywhere else, yeah. I'm guessing, yeah. other than those four states named. I see. So, so I'm guessing in addition to a fine that is between $50 and $500 yeah. and potentially community service. Yeah. They're not going to come might get and arrest you. Yeah. Yeah, you might have your car towed. It's not a felony. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a shitty thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think Frank's car did get <laughs> you're towed. You're not going to get arrested. Yeah, they did have to tow it because... Well, that's, they they were only going to tow it because it was... No one claimed it. Wait. I'm talking about Frank Costanza's car was towed yeah. eventually. Because I remember George mentioning that his, his dad's car got towed. But also, they were just going to drive it away... But they couldn't because it yeah. was destroyed. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it wouldn't have gotten towed if it wasn't destroyed. Right, right, right. So I wonder if they called a tow truck or if they just left the scene and got the cops to call a tow truck. You know? Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Either way. So, just George, one of those behind-the-scenes yeah. things, I guess. Either way, George was on the hook for it. Yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. But No, uh, not really. But maybe he maybe he would just let the cops deal with it. and I, I don't know. I found this about Mahjong. We wanted to know what the hell uh, George's mom was playing with her friends. And basically, it's very complicated. <laughs> In short, once you know the rules, uh, I'm sure it's very easy to play because four old women were doing it in, in New York City or whatever. And I know it's a very popular game around the world. And it's similar to the Western card game Rummy. Do you know the game I've Rummy? I've heard of Rummy. I've, I've heard of Rummy it. as well. And it seems to me a lot like, oh, what's that game that they print in the newspaper? Have you ever seen that column Sudoku. about a card game? No, no, no. It's a card game. And they're like, you can see in this... Blah blah is about to bridge. It oh seems my like bridge. God, okay. Yeah. Have you ever seen the bridge article in a newspaper? No, I it's haven't. Like, it's they set up a bridge game and then they they bridge play it out weekly. The, yeah, not weekly. It's like a daily bridge thing, I think. daily. And they show like North has these cards, South has these cards. Those are the player names. What? So it, it's oh very. I'm like, God, wow, I can't okay. believe that that there's an uh, there's a maybe they don't print it anymore. <laughs> but I'm like, this is in a newspaper. Uh, Mahjong is a game of skill, strategy, and calculation that involves a degree of chance. The game is played with a set of 144 tiles based on Chinese characters and symbols, and in most variations, each player begins 
by receiving 13 tiles, and you draw and discard tiles until you complete a legal hand using the 14th drawn tile to form four melds or sets and a pair I. You can also win with a small class of special hands. There we go. You can rob pieces from other players. You can draw pieces. You can use simples. Number tiles and honors, wins and dragons. So it's like Uno in that way. There's different like wild cards and stuff. So it, it kind of sounds like a mix between like Uno, Go Fish, and like Bridge, and, Rummy, and like Yu Gi Oh. I don't know what Yu Gi Oh is. <laughs> yeah, but I guess maybe like Dragon Beats Wind or whatever. Is that what you're talking about? I, I, like I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it seems like it. It, it. So it's very complicated. But once you uh, once you get to know it, there's a reason it's been around since like the fourth century when oh, it yeah. was invented. So. Yeah. It, it must be super easy to play. Like once you know what you're doing. Yeah. If, yeah. Like you said, they were going, there's they were four going elderly hands. women in New York yeah. City playing it really fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. And whatever they were yelling was obviously part of the game. <laughs> then I found this out too, and, and someone tweeted about it, uh, tweeted to us about this as well. In an effort to maintain continuity with the series, Seinfeld's producers reshot all of Frank's scenes in the handicap spot with Jerry Stiller, and the original John Randolph footage still hasn't been seen in syndication since the original airing. But that's the version that's on Hulu. Explain that to me. Why, Why did Hulu get I, the Randolph cut and <laughs> I everyone just, else gets the Stiller cut? I wonder the if they just cut. didn't realize it. I want to see the Stiller cut now. Same here. Oh my gosh, I would have loved to have watched the Stiller cut. Um, yeah, ninety five. The yeah. scenes with Randolph appeared where Randolph appeared were reshot with Stiller for the series syndication in the United States. Yeah, which uh, is kind of crazy. Shout out to Jay in Orlando for pointing that out yeah, yeah. to us. Because uh, we yeah, didn't know I, it until I have no week. idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's not the first time that Hulu has had something different than what is shown. That's in true. Syndication. Yeah, you know, there's there's something else that's popped up or. They put two episodes together that are shown sometimes separately and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and, and I know like we've made this clear uh, before, but like if you haven't heard us like say this before, uh, our episode numbers and the way that we um, try and air our episodes go along with as close to what we think or to what we remember the episode aired as. Yeah. Uh, as far and we'll as, kind of look that up beforehand. Yeah, as far as episode numbers go, we get that from Hulu. Mm-hmm. Because I know there, there's some discrepancy, especially with season four. Like, uh, some episodes aired as two-parters. Some episodes were hour-long in the same night. Some episodes were two separate episodes that aired in the same night. Mm-hmm. Or it's, uh, I, I think, like completely separate episodes that are one arc, like The Wallet and The Watch. Right, right, right. There were so many different scenarios like that in Season 4, and it got really confusing at yeah, some Yeah, and parts. there's hour-long episodes that have been split up for syndication that are now in two parts. You yes. Know, that, why, oh, well, the trip part one, or whatever. Maybe the trip one. Well, I, I don't remember which episodes are which, but like, yeah. oh, the pilot part <laughs> it, it, one aired difficult. tonight, yeah. and the pilot part two will air tomorrow on, C- on TBS or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> but we've been, we've been tr- I think we've, we've kept a pretty good numbering system throughout. We've tried, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I do have a bunch of other trivias and tidbits about previous season it. four episodes. Well, no, I think it. I'll wait till you, the you end. Want, you want to wait till the like end? our clearinghouse okay. of season four news. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, do you have anything else, like, homework-wise? No, I don't think so. I think okay. that's it. Uh, any other news? Uh, I, I, I do want to point this out um, before we get into the episode. Uh, you had a chance to re-watch this yeah, episode yeah, this the first after, time. after like watching it for taking notes. Yeah. But I re- I watched this episode like a week ago yeah, and yeah. didn't have the chance to watch it again. So a lot of this is going to be like me saying like, oh, wow, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, yeah. Or, or what order was oh, that? Oh, yeah. Or when did this happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, or, I thought that happened what, earlier. What scene was this? So I, I apologize up front for that. <laughs> 
Uh, it's been a hectic week. Yeah. And uh, we, we were originally going to record this episode like a week ago. And now, what? If you're listening to this uh, as it comes out, it's September 8th. <laughs> we're recording this like the previous Wednesday. Yeah. So we, we uh, skipped recording this for about a whole when, week. Yeah, I can't even tell yeah. you when we were supposed to. Yeah, I guess it was about a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so It was but, last Wednesday. This is the first time I've ever gone back and rewatched an episode after watching it. The first time taking notes, like you said, and, yeah. and I really enjoyed the process. I really did. I, it was nice to be able to. <laughs> yeah, if you if you can make time for it, yeah. it sounds like that's the thing to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I obviously wasn't able to. Right, right. Um, all right. So uh, I, I guess if we don't have any other homework or news uh, towards uh, towards the end of the episode, we will have our top five episode rankings for season four. Um, if you have never listened to us before, uh, we are not a research-heavy show. We like to do our research the week after. Uh, but if we miss something, if we egregiously if we egregiously skip over something, please send us a tweet, send us an email, nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com or at nohugging. Shout out to, uh, again, Jay in Orlando and Les Beery, who reached out to us actually on the podcast website and uh, told us about the whole uh, Allison was the one from the outing right. thing. Because neither one of us no. could remember like where. Allison was we from. We totally forgot that she was the suicidal Yeah, to- totally dropped that ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thanks, Jay. Thanks, Les. Um, <laughs> follow us. Send us an email. We are two good Seinfeld boys, as Kat puts it. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. We are a five-star rated podcast. Perfect five stars. And if you do that, you reach out to us. We will send you a No Hugging, No Learning sticker eventually. <laughs> that being said, season four, episode 22, the season four finale the pilot's original air date, May 20th, 1993. I was a perfect five months old. Oh, exactly. Five months old, exactly. I was 11 years, 10 months, and 20 days old. <laughs> I like to check in when we hit these like milestone yeah. episodes, you know, like finales and intros. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so yeah. There we go. I'm, I'm just about to turn 12. Yeah. And if uh, if somehow you've never seen like any episode of Seinfeld and you're looking in TV Guide the night of May 20th, 93, you're like, well, what's all this Seinfeld thing <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. Well, hey, it's the pilot episode. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the pilot episode. It's the pilot. Oh, they're just re-airing the pilot again. It just has new written by it in TV Guide for some reason. You're going to see Jerry and George finally have their pilot produced by the network. Okay. I don't hate it. No, it's it's very vague. Yeah. I like it. We'll see. We'll see if we want to change it by the time we get through the episode. So we start with a stand-up, a stand-up bit like we always do. And uh, Jerry says we're scraping the bottom of the fear barrel when we get to fear of success. Uh, and he says the number one fear, according to a lot of studies, is public speaking. Number two is death, which means that at a if you have to go to a funeral... You're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. I've definitely heard this bit somewhere. It's a classic textbook Seinfeld bit. This is like one of his famous sayings. It's like posted on, you know... Maybe with or without his credit, like <laughs> oh, you know. I'm I'm almost positive I've, I've seen it without his without credit. his credit exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's one of the one of his like most stealable quotes, like <laughs> definitely, yeah. And so we open in uh, Jerry's apartment, and Kramer and Jerry are arguing about the fact that Kramer wants to play Kramer in the pilot episode that's going to be shot. And Jerry says, "No, you can't, you know." He's like, "No, you're not an actor." He's like, "Neither are you." He's like, "Exactly. We don't need two people who can't act." But the thing is, Kramer is an actor. He went to Hollywood to be an actor and was in a few things. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he does have a couple of credits. He at least knows how to audition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jer- he's got more credits than Jerry. Yeah, he was on Murphy Brown. <laughs> what is Jerry thinking? He could really yeah, use Kramer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of actual words to say, so I just keep saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Jesus. so they. 
they um they they decide the ultimate test of acting is fake laughing, and so oh they my both God, tell each other yeah. to say something funny. Do you want to show each other our, our your fake la- our fake laughs right now? Uh, are we talking like a polite fake laugh? You think? I think just like the, like their fake laughs. Like, okay, uh, it seems like but, a but, but our laughter. fake laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'll say you, something you, funny you, er... to you. Okay, okay. Uh, Ted, I, I crash your car into a phone pole. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean that I, I'd expect a little. Here, you give something funny to me. Uh, do you want a funny line, or do you want... Just kind of like the, like Jerry said, my grandma's in the hospital. Mm. Kramer said... I don't remember what Kramer said, but okay. something like that that would def- definitely wouldn't be funny. Uh, do you see that Amber Alert that went out? They found the body. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Jesus, that was... What do you think? That was a really dark... Dark segment. <laughs> well, I mean, I no, I, I get it. <laughs> that's the idea. That's a, it's a good fake laugh. It's a good. Very what do you think of my fake, fake laugh? laugh I like okay. it. Now, I like do you it. want to give me a little bit more? Yeah. Let's, okay. Uh, yeah. Try it again. All right, uh, Ted. I sent all the nudes in your phone to our boss. <laughs> I think we're both two good fake laughers. Think, what do you think? I think we're pretty good. I think I, we're, think... I, I can't decide which one of us is better. I mean, I really oh, did man. like yours. Did you really like mine? Yeah, I really liked right. yours. <laughs> what, I, yours was very real. Was mine now, very now, real? now I'm actually laughing. <laughs> yeah. Did mine seem very real? It did seem oh, very right. real. I like Now it. I'm wondering every joke I've told on this <laughs> podcast if you've just been giving me a fake laugh. Well, I'm a generous laugher anyway. Like, I just, I just want to laugh, you know. <laughs> and it's also part of my cliche morning radio guy. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean. The, Ev- you know. Everything's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, it is. Like, that's what we're trying, you know. Like, yeah. what, if, what if we just sat there and didn't laugh at anything oh, yeah. the other person said? Yeah, and actually, like, whenever you first started here, like, I, I noticed, like, this thing that you were doing, and it may even be, like, a thing that you do subconsciously, is that a lot of your breaks, you start off with a laugh. As though, like you and uh, your oh, co-host we're, like, were talking, uh, we're talking about something we, funny off the air. We probably were, oh, <laughs> and a lot of times you are. But I noticed one time it was just completely silent, and you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, we were just like doing this," and you just start off with a chuckle. Oh, and I thought about that. I'm like, "Wow, that's actually a really good." philosophy because it, it makes it seem like you're having fun on the air and off the air too that's true and i thought like wow i'd never thought of that before <laughs> most of the time we're saying something this off guy's the a pro air. <laughs> most of the time we're saying something off the air that you can't say on the air which oh, makes it even funnier absolutely that we yeah are, are now going on the air i don't even want to give an example because that's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of thing it is but but i'm glad we did that I, I think we have two i think we're two good actors if that's the if that's what uh, i know for a fact i am not a good actor <laughs> really? if uh, if college theater is going to tell me anything yeah. i am not a good actor i can be a fake a good fake laugher <laughs> not a good actor yeah i don't um i didn't do any college I, I was in a play in, in high school and then i was in like some of my buddies movies and stuff in in college but i again i think i ruined every scene i was in oh, yeah. so i'm i'm with you i'm with you <laughs> I, I feel like I would screw up being a tree. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so George walks in and he he gives a great line. Why are you two pretending to be laughing? Something <laughs> like that. And they go, well, we're, you know, we're trying to. It's acting. Mm-hmm. And George goes, oh, real good. Uh, very sarcastically. <laughs> and they haven't heard anything about the pilot casting that is supposed to be happening this week. Yeah, and yeah. They say Russell's taking forever yeah. to cast it. What could? Where could he be? Yeah. Well, we know where he is. He's at Peter McManus Cafe, which, by the way is still at the corner of 19th and 7th since 1936 <laughs> in New York City. You can still go to Peter McManus. You looked it up. It's still yeah. open? Yeah. Man. I mean, it's just one of those places that since 1936, just never going to close. So um, I tell you what, like if we, if one of us does end up doing like that Seinfeld experience,
experience tour in yeah. New York, we got to go there too. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I think we should do our own sign. I don't want to pay for a Seinfeld experience tour. I want to, <laughs> unless like the original Kenny Kramer is still doing his. Then I, that's the only yeah. guy that I want. That's well, the only. Well, I know uh, Jerry's apartment building is it, the exterior is in L.A. Yeah, uh, and I know that's a thing that you can like go and visit, but like the exterior of his apartment doesn't look exciting. No, it, it's no. like. The outside of a window, yeah. or maybe an awning that probably doesn't exist anymore. Right, right. I, I'd rather see Monk's, which I know is still yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Which and is that, Tom's restaurant, but yeah. still, the sign is up. It's the original sign and everything. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'd rather see. But if you want to go to Peter McManus Cafe, it's still there. And Elaine is meeting with Russell Dalrymple, and he cannot get over Elaine. They had a date two months ago. Uh, he's still uh, just the her cleavage is etched in his memory. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and Elaine has the line that. Uh, I mean, obviously, at the time, was uh, a, a fair point to say, but rings uh, pretty pretty weird, uh, a weird way in 2019. She says, you're the president of NBC. You could have any woman you want. <laughs> Which, oh my gosh. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I did, didn't even put two and didn't, two together. Uh, didn't the president of CBS, <laughs> Les Moonves, oh get in tr- a lot of trouble for exactly this. Yeah, yeah. Or NBC's own Matt Lauer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I totally didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, Elaine <laughs> probably didn't mean it that way. No, like, absolutely you're not. You're rich. Yeah. You're successful. You can yeah. have any woman you yeah, want. Yeah, lo- lots but of also, women want that in a man. You could a promise man. a woman a primetime TV spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then not deliver. You, you, could, you could walk up to any female comedian and say, hey, we're oh going to give you a primetime sitcom. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is blow me. <laughs> yeah. It, it does have two meanings now in 2019. It's got yeah. a deeper meaning, yeah. Uh, but so Elaine also doesn't like the fact that he works in TV. She doesn't watch TV. It's not her, her you know, she doesn't. Yeah, she hates television. Yeah, yeah. she thinks it's all, you know, all yeah. the stuff that's on is garbage. She reminds me of the girl that George tried to pick up in the comedy club. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, this guy writes TV. And she just bursts out laughing. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, uh, but we both agreed that she was in the wrong hanging out at a comedy club oh absolutely laughing at someone who has a tv show because that's the ultimate goal mm-hmm. of a lot of comics yeah yeah, yeah. In 93 but uh she was like i don't know maybe you worked at green with uh, greenpeace or something worked with greenpeace or something like that <laughs> it'd be a different story um and he's like no no you know it's 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 not the same old tv garbage i've got a new pilot with this comic jerry seinfeld and he still doesn't know and i guess this answers a question that we had about the cleavage is that we were like did Jerry, you know, did they all know they were in on the gag together? And they didn't. They still don't. Dalrymple still doesn't know that Elaine knew Jerry. Yeah. And so I think she surprised all of them with her little move. Yeah. And I I really liked Elaine's bit here. She's like, oh, is he the, did you ever notice this? Did you ever notice that guy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Even in 93, like Jerry's. He he has the criticisms about him, yeah, yeah, and and he's able to like uh, write those into his own show, yeah, uh, for for the the characters that are playing his friends to just roast him about. Yeah, I, I mean, that, yeah, he he, beca- he his style was it was such a rocket ride to the top with his style that it became a cliche immediately. Oh yeah, but like he invented it, you know. I mean, so what can you do? It's like, what's the deal? You know, she could have said that. What's the deal? Well, she did, right? What? Is that what she said? What's the deal? Or did you ever notice? That's what yeah. It is. She did said, did, "Did you ever notice this? Did yeah. you ever notice that?" If I wanted to make it to punch it up even more, I would have what, said, "What's what, the deal what? with this? What's the deal with that?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so Elaine leaves. She's very blunt and say, you know, like it's over. 
You know, she's very blunt with Russell. We're not going to see each other again. I have to go to work. Back in Jerry's apartment, Kramer gets a call on the phone at Jerry's apartment. He's also borrowing a CD, it looked like. I thought it was a DVD at first, but then I was like, wait a there's second, no it's way. 93. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. So he's definitely borrowing a CD, but then he gets a phone call and he starts uh, chatting on the phone. George is wearing sweatpants, uh, and Jerry says that, you know, that, that gives a message that you've given up. That's what the <laughs> message when you wear sweatpants out in public like George is, that I've given up on life. Which, wow, that hasn't aged well. Look at how many, look at how, like, fashion-forward oh. sweatpants and joggers and... It's athleisure. Like, yeah. Athleisure wear is number one. Oh, yeah, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, so, yeah. everyone's not, wearing sweats maybe everywhere. Maybe not George's ratty champion sweatpants, but... True. Well, actually, if they're champion brand sweatpants, those are going to be trendy. Are they really? Champion is, like, top trend right now. What? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I guess I, obviously that shows where I am <laughs> on trends, but... I was trying to think like the Walmart brand. Isn't that Champion? I think it was, yeah. yeah. But now it's trendy. It's oh. so weird. A cheap and trendy. I'm all I'm all about cheap and trendy. Oh yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Well, okay, what about Gildan sweatpants? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, good. No. George's ratty Gildan sweatpants. Then. <laughs> Why don't we say that? Um yeah, the, but he so but again, George setting the normcore bar. Yeah. Very high, yeah. very early. Oh my and, god. So, I guess can we can we can we file sweatpants under Normcore? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we can file not, them under Normcore. Certainly not Lululemon no. yoga pants, but <laughs> but joggers. Joggers aren't Normcore. But now, I, but now when I say like sweatpants, I guess joggers is probably what we call them now, right? Is that yeah. what you were thinking when you said sweatpants? Yes. Well, I mean, there there are sweatpants. There are yoga pants, and then there are joggers. Jo- okay. Joggers are like a little slimmer. Yeah. Uh, they're they're tapered towards like your ankle. They, yeah. they might not come all the way down to your ankle. Yeah. But they're they're thin. They're, they're uh, like slimmer fit sweatpants. So, are, but, th- but they're definitely not like gilded, droopy, <laughs> baggy sweatpants. But are those in baggy sweatpants? Are are they in style? But for style ba- sake? baggy sweatpants? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Okay. So when you were talking about sweatpants being in style, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like joggers. Yeah, okay. o- obviously, yoga pants are that huge. That makes sense because certainly you see men and women out in sweatpants, mm-hmm. but mostly it's not on trend. It's about over necessity. Yeah. You know, it's like I just want to run to Walmart and buy more sweatpants, so I'm going <laughs> to put my sweatpants on and do that. Yeah. Yes. It's like saying PJ pants are trendy yeah. at Starbucks at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. No, people just don't want to get dressed up and go to Starbucks at yeah, 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, but but I but I hear you as far as joggers. Like you go into a high school, you better be wearing joggers, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or or whatever. You know, that I I saw you see it a ton. Um, not that I hang out in high schools. I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but Jesus. I went and interviewed a bunch of local seniors for a project. So, and that's one thing that they told me I was on trend. I guess I better clear that up because it sounded normal. With you, to, to me talking to you, but people are like, wait a second, why is this guy talking to high schoolers about their pants? There was a reason, okay? Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, Kramer Kramer ble- beeps over to uh, Jerry's call waiting, which, by the way, he's not using his two-line phone anymore. No, he's not. He's back on his old phone because that, oh. that was a horrible um, mis- mishap. And so he's like, oh, he'll call you back. And Jerry's like, what do you do? I'm expecting a call from NBC. So it is NBC. Uh, Jerry calls back. I like his line to Kramer. See, now you're doing something to help me. <laughs> um, and so they're, they're doing casting tomorrow. Casting starts tomorrow. George is going to be successful. Uh, and he's going to be a millionaire, which causes him great strife. Yeah, which puts him back in therapy. Yes. And uh, he goes to Dana Foley, his therapist. And by the way, George, I notice, is still wearing his jacket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess he keeps it on whenever he goes to his doctor's his therapist. Well, because wearing his jacket was a big deal because he couldn't get the zipper down, remember? And it frustrated yeah, yeah, both yeah. of them from before. So I just noticed that he still wears his jacket. That the therapist, George, is scared of the series' success. 
Yeah, he says, like, God will kill him first before he's rich and successful. Yeah, and I love that Dana says, but you said you don't believe in God. He's like, I do for the bad stuff, <laughs> which is hilarious. It's, it's, the, it's the most George thing oh, yeah. that he could possibly say. <laughs> yeah. If there is a God, he definitely wants to punish me, but there's yeah. probably, you know, he's not going to do anything good for me. Yeah, but it, it's at this point that I think it's the therapist that yeah. points out yes. that George has a white mark on his <laughs> lip, yeah. and she says that he should get it checked out, which causes George to flip out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm... Oh, I'm going, baby. I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, he leaves. Uh, he, he gets himself kicked out again, essentially. Yeah. You know, she's like, maybe you should get that checked out. He's like, get that checked out? What are you, a sadist? He's like, no one feels so bad that you can't make them feel worse. <laughs> uh, and Which I couldn't even see it at this point. <laughs> and I'm guessing it's just like a pimple or something. I, think, I don't know what it would be. I think the idea is that you can't see it. Like, we can't. The viewer can't yeah. see it. But it, some it people does can see get it. Yeah. bigger, though. So you you were able to? Well, I I did see it at like eventually, but I can't see it at a, this point. At the end, he's got a, a little bandaid on it because of the biopsy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but I think the idea is that you can't see it. It's so minor with the naked that you can't eye. see it. Yeah, the, the oh, viewers okay. can't see it. I didn't know it was a bandage from the yeah, biopsy. Okay. But the people in the show can see it, like the taxi driver that we'll get to in a second. In fact, that's where we are next. We're in a cab, and uh, Jerry and George are on their way to NBC, presumably, and they're discussing. The lip, uh, and the, he shows it to the cab driver, who, by the way, is also a great character actor who's been in a ton of stuff. Like, uh, I, I recognized him from The Fifth Element. He's the priest in the very beginning of The Fifth Element. Huh. Okay. Um, and, and other stuff like that. Anytime you need, I guess, older Muslim-looking guy, you get this actor. He's, <laughs> oh, that, he's no. that kind of character actor, yeah. The cab driver sees it immediately. J- Jerry says... Uh, you know, um, the cab driver says, get it checked out. He's like, again with the get it checked out. He's like, I'm not going to the doctor. If I don't go to the doctor, he won't find anything and I'll be fine. And George, <laughs> Jerry's like, which, which is a, a line of thinking that people do go through. Like, well, if yeah, I don't go to true. the doctor, I won't know what's wrong. Yeah. But Jerry is the logical thinker in this situation, which you should be is like, if, they go, if you go to the doctor, they might find something to catch it early. It's true. Is it's it better true. to know or is it not to know? And it depends on your personality, I think. Someone like George, it's better if he doesn't know, because he wouldn't live like he's dying. No. If he found out he, he would, was dying. He would live like a paranoid schizophrenic. He would spiral yes. into depression. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, like, he wouldn't go, oh my gosh, every day could be my last, I better live it up. And No, he would yeah. do the opposite and dread the coming uh-huh. death. And uh, while this is all going on, there's a homeless guy that comes up to the cab and starts trying to like clean the window yeah. of the cab, and the driver's like, oh, I hate when this happens. Like, no, no, I just, I just, got, the, I just got the window washed. Turns out the crazy homeless guy is crazy Joe DeVola. Oh my gosh, yeah. And he ducks into the cab as it's pulling away and says, good luck with the pilot, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we don't know if he's been stalking Jerry. I mean, this couldn't have been a coincidence, right? (laughs) Maybe he's been waiting outside. Well, they couldn't be at NBC already because, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's been stalking Jerry. Oh, I think that's sure. What the, yeah. I mean, we, we did learn from, I think it was the opera, that Joe DeVola lives very close yes. to Jerry. Yes. Lives very close. Yeah. And he is he has stalker tendencies with his telephoto lens mm-hmm. and Elaine and all that stuff. Yeah, so he's good at stalking. He's oh, a good stalker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're at 30 Rock. George is... Asking the network guys about his lip, and they, they both say everyone's telling him the same it's, thing. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. like a white discoloration. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a white discoloration. The next guy says the exact <laughs> same thing. Uh, so they're having auditions, and uh, a guy named Mark Matz comes in yeah. for uh, George. Yeah, r- real attractive dude to oh, read yeah. read for him. And uh, Jerry's like, "You've got to be kidding." George's <laughs> yeah. like, "He's perfect." Yeah. Th- both in their inner monologue, and uh, yeah, he's totally. What was handsome. that inner monologue? Oh, yeah, yeah it was. Ah, yeah. oh, crap. So, yeah, he's a handsome dude. George loves him immediately. Jerry's rolling his eyes at the performance. I mean, it is it is a good performance, but it's not George. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's a fine actor, but it's definitely yeah. not George. Next up is Michael Barth. 
uh, who's coming in to read for George, and it's Jeremy Piven. Is it Jeremy Piven? Yeah, this is Jeremy I Piven. thought it was, but I wasn't sure. But one hundred percent, Jeremy Piven. Talk about like more problematic men in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, did he get? popped for something? I think he got cancelled. Or were we just thinking about uh, his character on Entourage? <laughs> Honestly? Or are we just thinking Ari Gold? I don't know. Let me just Google yeah. Jeremy Piven cancelled. Because I'm going to count this as cameo. Because Jeremy Piven was a, not a star, but he was he was starring in things at this point. He had been in a bunch of 80s movies and he had he had been in stuff heretofore. So I'm, I'm going to call this a cameo. I'm going to uh, say people knew Jeremy Piven at 93. Yeah, he, he's uh, definitely accused of uh, sexual harassment. Oh yeah! How, how did it end up? Um, was he canceled? He was. He was. <laughs> he what, was canceled. His, his show was canceled. What was his show? Uh, Wisdom of the Crowd on CBS. Oh yeah, yeah. So I he, think they let the season play out, but then they were like, "We're not renewing it." Yeah, yeah. It just had one season. Um, more, more women come forward with allegations of sexual harassment by lead actor Jeremy Piven throughout his career. Piven confirmed the show was being canceled via his Twitter account Monday afternoon. That was in. November of 2017. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it had 13 episodes, but I'll tell you what. Uh, Jeremy Piven uh, getting canceled is least surprising thing <laughs> I, I think that we'll cover in this in this entire episode. Yeah, I mean, he did... He played, like, smarmy guys a lot, but I don't know. For some reason, I never saw him as a smarmy guy. I just really? Saw, yeah, yeah, I, I mean... I don't want to say I always liked him. I kind of I liked his Ari Gold character. Yeah, oh on, on Entourage was that not the? And then when Ari and Lloyd, when they were like, when they realized the magic that they had with those two characters yeah, together, yeah, like the show Vince was an afterthought, and I, that's when Entourage got pretty good. Was when they were like, oh, no one cares about Vince and his stupid friends. <laughs> this show was about Jeremy Piven and whoever played Lloyd. I forget now. I have no idea. But that, those that was like those were the best characters in the whole show, and they were like, okay, let's let's ditch these losers and mm-hmm. you know start focusing on Ari Gold and what he's doing so uh, I always like that I hate it when they would I hate it when it like Vince storyline and Entourage was like a Lisa storyline sometimes like, <laughs> oh great this is a this uh, is a Vince episode oh cool he's gonna be Aquaman does <laughs> yeah. anyone does anyone care yeah uh, which by the way Aaron uh, the former downvoter Aaron yeah. has all the seasons of Entourage on DVD and he's seen the Entourage movie I still mu- have yet multiple times <laughs> and he said if you want to watch a show that 100% does does oh, not no. hold up oh, to today's God. times. Watch Entourage. I kind of want to do that as our next podcast. <laughs> oh my God, we need to. Well, we, we need to think of a punny name our for next it. Pun, it has to do with Queens Boulevard or Medellin. <laughs> Tedain. Oh Lord, <laughs> you no. can take starring role. <laughs> Tedain. No. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, we'll, we'll think. We'll think of a title. If you have a title for our Entourage podcast, which we're doing next, please let us know. Where were we? Let's see. Oh, uh, oh we're talking about Jeremy Piven. Yeah, it's still Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven, but, yeah. But Jeremy Piven's uh, Michael Barth is literally George. He comes in talking about, <laughs> yeah, I went to the doctors, and they're, they're going to have to amputate my foot. I got gangrene foot. on my foot, yeah, so yeah. I could probably have to amputate. He cracks up the room immediately. He's wearing a polo and sweatpants, <laughs> which is George's, you know, uh, outfit of choice. Yeah. And he's uh, he's bald. He wears glasses. I mean, he's and, the perfect and, George. And, and he reads the monologue from George getting the massage. He's like, I... I think it moved. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he's the best. Uh, and so and everyone loves it. George doesn't find any humor in it whatsoever. He's like, I, I don't I don't see why this is so great. I don't see what I don't see what's funny about this. Before he starts reading too, Michael is like, uh, so what's this guy's like a real loser type, right? <laughs> and, yeah, that's right. And George is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I forget at this point. At this point, did Jerry, uh, was Jerry just like nodding his head as though to say, <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Afterwards, uh, then the next person in is Melissa Shannon. She's reading for Elaine. Uh, she tells a she tells a ball joke. Oh, it's like a bald <laughs> convention out there. Uh, and she's like, oh, I guess I made a faux pas. And Jerry tells her, oh, don't worry, he knows he's bald about George. Uh, and and she's like, how about the guy wearing sweatpants? <laughs> did, did he do that for the part, or does he just walk around like that? And I think George is currently in sweatpants. Was he, he wearing sweatpants too? That I don't know. I think he was dressed. I think he was dressed up a little better. Was, was he? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, oh my! Lord. I think he ditched the sweatpants for at least the casting meeting. And George is fed up with her. You know, George is already ignoring her the second she walks uh-huh. in the door. But Jerry's like, "Oh, uh, you know, I'll read with her." Jerry sees an opportunity to, you know, pull a uh, Les Moonves, maybe. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> and so they start reading, and George immediately is like, "Thank you, thanks yeah. for coming in." Like yeah. immediately looking at other pictures, like totally <laughs> ignoring her. I guess because he thought she was too good looking to be Elaine, or he didn't like. What didn't George? Because what would? Why I think George he. So I think threatened? he just didn't like her immediately oh, oh, pointing out joke. like yeah. the baldness right. and the sweatpants, yeah, right. and that she, he can probably already tell. Oh, Jerry's in love with this woman already. Yeah. We don't need this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then they do a. Well, <laughs> we get we get the parade of Kramer. Yeah, the Kramer entrance montage. <laughs> uh, people, you know, they're doing the door entry. So they even they know at this point it's like a cliche. It's what they want to see Kramer do. Uh-huh. So it's funny that even Jerry in his. Pilot was like, oh, my friend Kramer always busts through the door in Uh a certain way, so we have to write that in. The last guy nails it, you know, when he does his door entry, and then he does his little reading about the levels, the apartment with levels, and he he really (laughs) nails the part in Kramer's weirdness. He's he's really good. he's got the hair, the look, everything. He gets, like, Kramer's cadence, like, almost dead on. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny, his hand motions and everything. And then he, you know, thanks everybody in the room, and then he... Apparently steals a box of raisins. Or did at least did they, you see it? Did I, you I, see, the, see him steal the raisins? The second time I caught it. So he like throws down a newspaper. He shakes everyone's hands. And then when he picks up his newspaper again in like one fell swoop. No Like way. a pickpocket, he picks up the raisins oh with my the newspaper. God. But it happens off camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. So okay, he, when okay. he picks up the, you know, because the, the raisins are there. And then it goes to a different shot. And then when it comes back, he's picked up the newspaper and the raisins are gone. So that's when he that's when he did it. But it does happen off camera, I guess, to leave a little bit of air of mystery. But, mm-hmm. you know, we find out that he did steal the raisins. But they are very confused in the room. Like, why would you come to essentially a job interview and steal something? It's, it's very weird. But yeah. so he couldn't have done that. But he, it seems that he, you know, that's the only answer. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're trying to, like, put it, like, out of their mind. He's like, because... The, he, he was definitely their favorite yeah. interpretation of Kramer so far. Yeah. They're like, well, I mean, it, uh, he, he couldn't have stolen the raisins, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if he had, we shouldn't cast a guy that would exactly. do that. Exactly. He's going to steal from Seth. <laughs> uh, so next up is Martin Van Nostrand, <laughs> a.k.a. Kramer's uh, alias that we've heard mm-hmm. in previous episodes. And he wants to read for... the and G- George and Jerry both go, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, you guys know each other? The network execs, meanwhile, recognize Kramer from his Calvin Klein ads. Yes. Which was the deal that he got because uh, they stole his idea for the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's a Calvin Klein model. So, again, more great experience yeah, for Kramer really? as far as, you know, being an actor and stuff like that. Why wouldn't they want the real Kramer? Yeah. He's, he's, a, model, he's a model. He's, he's an actor. Credits, primetime credits. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> He so he has a, maybe that's how he got his foot in the door at least. But but why did he use a fake? He should have used his real name. I'm sure he used his real name out in L.A. You know <laughs> that's true. Uh, we don't know that though. Maybe yeah. he used Martin Van Nostrand. That's true. Um, or Von Nostrand. Yeah. And so Kramer starts to read, but his stomach gurgles, mm-hmm. and he has an emergency ba- emergency bathroom situation, and he runs down the hall. That bathroom is full. I guess it's the only bathroom in 30 Rockefeller Center. Uh, apparently, I yeah. guess it's the only bathroom yeah. in, on the whole the, floor. The entire building. Yeah. Not only the whole building, but just that floor only has yes. one small bathroom uh-huh. if it's two men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that. Yeah. 
So he he runs outside. Yeah. He gets to La Reserve. Yes. Which w- was this the restaurant in the last episode that Jerry and Elaine went to for the smelly car? I think that it, was called Katie's. Was it? Okay. K-A-D-Y. Okay, well, it, at the very least, this is some, like, fancy restaurant. Yeah, very right? fancy, in yes. fact. But it closed in uh, the year 2000. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, but it was there for a long time, and it was very fancy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, runs in, and I'm guessing it's the the maitre d' saying, like, you can't just come in here and use the restroom. Yeah, customers only. Exactly. Which, by the way, I believe was Larry David's voice. Was it really? I, I 100% think this was Larry David saying, customers only. Oh, okay. Yeah. Runs back outside, runs to the theater playing... Uh, a far off place. Yeah, and I, I I forget what they say here. Um, well, so he went to the Guild 50th Street Theater. So I, I had to look up a far off place because I remember it vaguely. It has Reese Witherspoon, by the way, and it was like a Disney uh, live action Disney movie about the African Sahara or something like that. Okay, but also this happened a lot in the 90s. Anytime they knew a movie was going to really suck, they'd put a Roger Rabbit cartoon in front of it. So the Marquis hmm. on the outside says a far off place with trail mix up. Short film. Oh my god! And Trail Mix Up was the Roger Rabbit cartoon, and presu- uh, uh, usually had the baby in it as well, Baby Herman, <laughs> uh, and they'd get into a lot of you know, the, and so yeah, people yeah. would go because Roger Rabbit was such a phenomenon. People would go to see the short movie and then stay for the uh, you know a far off place. Which, stay for the feature, I guess. Uh, yeah, it made uh, twelve point eighty nine million dollars in its run. It was nine. Uh, it was number ninety three. It was the ninety third most popular movie that came out in in nineteen ninety three. Interestingly <laughs> enough, uh, the Guild Fiftieth Street Theater. Closed in 1999, and it's now an anthropology store. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So fancy, basic white girl clothes. Do you remember like what they, what the people at the theater said whenever he ran in, though? Uh, no. Okay. I, I guess just yeah. Okay. Probably well, another well, customers only situation. Yeah. Well, he, so he runs back outside. Yeah. Run, and we see him running through Central Park. I felt like this went on way too long. Yeah, I was like, we kind of got way it. Way too long. Yeah, and also I really doubt it was Kramer. I think it was his stand-in each time. Oh, yeah, we only see his back. Yeah, so it, 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 and he, you can kind of tell even from his gait that he's trying to do a funny, like, I have to go to the bathroom walk, but it's still, something was not Yeah, something was not Michael Richards about it. Uh, so we're in Monks later, and Jerry and Elaine are talking about the actress. Jerry's making up funny stuff about the person they cast. She's from Alaska. She came down on a dog sled. The dogs are in the hotel with her. <laughs> they talk about Russell, how no one's seen him. He wasn't there at the casting. Mm-hmm. Then I guess it's Elaine notices, do you know how bad the service has been since the new management took over? Yeah, and then I, I think it's also Elaine who points out, huh, it's like every Elaine, or every, yeah, every Elaine. Every Elaine this is Ed, Jerry, though. Jerry knows. Oh, do Jerry, you notice something Jerry, else about the new management? Every, she says they put every, lemon in the tuna. I love that. <laughs> He's like, what about uh, every, the waitresses? Every waitress has the same proportions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all, uh, they all have very big breasts. Yeah, and Jerry says it's like a Russ Meyer film. <laughs> Which again is a is, it's lost on me. You kind of get from context. I, I'm, you know, I'm guessing uh, he's uh, uh, maybe an adult film director. Yeah, or or just like a, a raunchy film director. And, and Elaine kind of says as much later on. But so when when she has to explain the reference to someone else. But yeah, I, gotcha. I mean, I've heard the name before, but I, I couldn't tell you any na- anything he directed. But um, so we are now at West Park Medical Group, and George is seeing the doctor, and the doctor is like very blunt. Like has no bedside manner and very and, <laughs> yeah, seems, yeah. and seems dumb too, but he's like, "Wow, I've never seen this before. <laughs> never seen this before." George says, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I'm you know I'm gonna have to do a biopsy." And like most people, when you hear the word "I'm gonna have to do a biopsy," George jumps right to cancer. It's oh, cancer. One hundred percent. And the doctor's like. I don't know what it is. Like, he's dumb. <laughs> he seems dumb for a doctor. He's such an idiot. But I wonder if he's dumb or just blunt. Like, 
you know, I'm not going to tell you I know what it is because I have no idea. But when you say it, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. You sound dumb. <laughs> like, you can not, you can try to not get the patient's hopes up that it's not cancer. Yeah. You can uh, try to console them, but don't say, I don't know what yeah. it is. You got me. I've, yeah. never, I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, back at Jerry's apartment, uh, George is upset at his clueless doctor and his lack of bedside manner. He's like, when you said cancer, he's like, I wanted to get out of here. Cancer, get out of here. They should teach that in medical school. When someone says cancer, you say, get out of here. Mm-hmm. It's not get, Go home. Yeah. Have a nice evening. Get out of here, cancer. Look at you. Um, without So without saying no, like you said, that doesn't get anybody's hopes up. But it also it's not a yes. It's not a no. It's don't worry about it until we get results back without saying that. <laughs> get out of here. That's what George wanted. Um, so he's uh, he's saying God won't let me be successful, and, and he, Jerry says, "Can you die with some dignity?" He's like, "No, I have no dignity." He's like, "I lived in shame. I'm going to die the same way," which I thought was hilarious and just very. You, they just put that on George's tombstone when he does die. You know, <laughs> I lived in shame and I died the same way. Uh, meanwhile, Kramer comes in and he is not his normal loose, jovial self. He says he got mugged on his way to the bathroom. Because uh, they're like, where'd you go? You disappeared yesterday. And it, so he got mugged on his way back to his bathroom. And then he missed his chance to go. And he can't get it back. Oh, yeah. God. And George, at that point, when he hears that, goes immediately to the bathroom. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, is this too... Where, yeah, this is where he had the sandwich, too. Yeah, he hands his sandwich off to Jerry. Yeah, because Kramer's like, oh, I was percolating. Everything was percolating. And he's like... He was about to take a bite of a sandwich, and then that imagery is like, like, oh, gross. But yeah, he runs right (laughs) to the bathroom when he says that. Elaine comes in, and she plans to apply for a job in the restaurant in a baggy shirt to see if they are discriminatory against uh, women of (laughs) of a certain body type. And um, Jerry, meanwhile, wants to meet. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jerry and TV Elaine are going to meet mm-hmm. up because she well, wants to ask about the part. Yeah, which uh, Elaine comes in and she says, uh, "quote I spoke to my sisters about that c- about that coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Do they not call it Monks? Hmm. I can't. I honestly can't remember. They must have before because it says Tom's on the outside. So the only way we would have gotten any indication that it's Monks is by somebody saying Monks. monks. Yeah. yeah. So they must have." At some they point. had to have yeah. at some point, yeah. but I, for the life of me, can't remember when it was. Yeah, I, I don't either. Next time it happens, though, we'll have to we'll have to keep an ear out for it. Okay. So back at uh, Peter McManus Cafe, uh, Jerry is meeting the Elaine actress there, and um, she wants to experience everything. Oh She boy. wants to know everything about Elaine, and uh, Jerry's explaining like inconsequential things, like. You know, uh, she eats her pasta with her hand. She eats a hamburger with a hand. She, and, and the woman is asking inconsequential, inconsequential questions as well. But Jerry's, like, making up stuff about Elaine, too. Mm, yeah, like, he's giving her, like, the boldest of lies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so Sandy, that's her name. Um, and he's like, well, Sandy's like, call me Elaine. So she's getting very method about it. And she's like, how does Elaine kiss? Is it like this? And they they smooch. And Jerry's like... Actually, she does this thing, and now you got to wonder if this is true or a lie. It's like where she spirals her tongue counterclockwise or something like that. <laughs> Sounds very weird, like not enjoyable at all. Yeah, but Sandy or Elaine rather, TV Elaine uh, tries it, and Jerry's like, "I think you got it." Uh, so back at Monks. Kramer is meeting with the actor Kramer, and Kramer is T- explaining TV Kramer. TV Kramer. I, I think I think that's like the easiest way to yeah. uh, to distinguish between like the, the different people. It's like yeah. Kramer, Elaine, George, TV Kramer, TV <laughs> Elaine, 
Jeremy T- Piven. TV George. <laughs> yeah, Jer- Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. But Kramer's explaining the same kind of stuff that Sandy was asking. Like, when I eat my pasta, I like to use a fork so I can slurp up my noodles like this. He's like miming eating pasta. And the guy's like, <laughs> I don't need to know any about uh, anything about this. I, I like Kramer's line, too. For sex, I like the bottom. Let them do all the work. Jesus. <laughs> um, Which actually... How? Why? Because we know that Kramer is such a stud muffin. Yeah. Like, if he lets everyone else do the work, how is he getting all these women? Mm, good question. Good question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, is the word going around? He's like, oh, you wouldn't believe the work I did with this one guy th- last week. He's like, ooh, I'm up for doing a little work. <laughs> like, no, that's not That's not how it works. Maybe he maybe he gives it to him good once, and then the rest of the time he makes <laughs> them do the work. Because <laughs> oh, no. all he says is he likes it on the bottom, you know. Let them do all the work. Not that he won't. That's true. Not that he's not a top. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I... <laughs> the actor's not interested. He's like, I'm going to play Kramer like I'm going to play him. He's like, but it's but I'm Kramer. He's like, no, I'm Kramer. Uh, Elaine, meanwhile, you know, she goes to apply for the job. She walks into the coffee shop. She has fake credentials. Oh, I've worked. I've been a waitress in the city for 10 years. The guy does look her up and down. And says, we don't need anyone right now. And Elaine threatens him, like, you're in big trouble, mister, with a capital T. And the guy's like, what did I do? Um, And it is kind of weird when you jump to the very end of this episode that he, like, why... He legitimately doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, but the the waitress did say, we're looking for another girl if you know anyone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so they are looking for help because the waitress said so. And then the guy, he does look her up and down in an odd way and then says, we don't need anybody. Yeah, w- without giving away, obviously, like, the end of the episode, maybe he's just, uh, he-, he is looking her up and down, but not in the way that we're thinking. Yeah. Maybe just, you know? She's, you know, she's dressed in a baggy shirt, and that's not... It's not very professional? It's bum, yeah, it's bummy. Maybe. I don't know, it's bum. Who knows, it's bummy. It's bum. It is bum. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, it, it's just we, a weird sort of inconsistency there. So Elaine runs right to the Equal Employment Office. Is that what it was? Okay. Building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she, and it's definitely, by the way, the same office set as George's unemployment uh-huh. office. <laughs> so, it might be the same building. It's, yeah. it's a state building. It so. might have been the same exterior. Yeah, yeah. But what? Whatever. Oh, no, I, no, I meant like it, it might be like... In in oh the, I see you're trying to like in the story of the show it might exist in the same building I see so you're trying to because unemployment and like like equal uh, equal yeah. employment it might just be in the same government building it might be the exact same floor of that building maybe yeah, yeah. it is so you're trying to like brush their over the office fact, mates you're trying to brush over the fact I'm saying they were cheap and they used the same set oh yeah and you're well, saying there's 100%, a reason for it one hundred percent for it yeah, yeah. but I, but it fits into the universe of the show you're you're <laughs> you're, you're retconning it I guess um, you're retconning. <laughs> Conning, reusing the set, or a- am I retconning it, or am I the opposite of retconning it? What would the opposite of retconning? Oh, right, right, right. Like, tra- you don't trying- have to correct it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm drawing a bridge as to why something exists that way, instead yeah. of trying to get rid of something right, that exists. Right, right, Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I don't know what that's called. In, I have no in idea. Canon speak, but better, you, better but writing. Yeah, you've done it. Um, and. So she's explaining, like, you know, you should see these waitresses. It's like a Russ Meyer film. And the guy's like, who's Russ Meyer? <laughs> and Elaine's like, oh, he's a, you know, director. Uh, he made a lot of movies featuring this type of woman. And he's obsessed with breasts. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of hard it, to say, she says. Br- breasts. She's uh, obsessed with, he's obsessed. He's obsessed with breasts. M- meanwhile, the guy in the office uh, calls over his colleague, Paul. Yeah. And he's like, this woman here claims there's a restaurant in the West Side that is only hiring large-breasted <laughs> women. And he's like. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Elaine thinks she's got a case, but these guys, because these guys are super interested in it. Um, and so back at 30 Rock, and we're now doing rehearsals for the show, and there's a, there's a scene going on about how haagen is a made-up word, and it doesn't really mean, it's not really Dutch. Um, and, uh, you know, George is giving line readings to TV Cra- Kramer. To TV Kramer. Yeah, he's like, you're saying they fooled me. Think of it as they fooled me, Jerry, not they fooled me. And TV Kramer says he's going to say it. He's the, like, I'm the, not going to say it that way. Yeah, I'm going to say it the way I want to say <laughs> yeah. it. And uh, so, someone calls for a five, and everyone looks over at George as though he's like crazy. Yeah. But here's the thing George is still a writer on the show. Right. He's still got a large amount of say in how this thing gets produced. Yeah, to an extent, although I've heard, like, the funny thing about writers that I've always heard when they talk is how, like, they're not welcome on the set, you know? Oh, really? Well, yeah, like, there's kind of a running gag in, huh. in Hollywood where it's like, he, as long as the writer is kept off the set, you know, because the writer wants his, thinks they have final say on what, it, then the director thinks they have final say, and oh. then even actors, like, that's what I've always heard, like, writers joke okay. about, like, as long as we can okay. keep the writers off the set. But, he is giving line readings, and Jerry says, hey, you know, when you tell the actors how to say things they don't like that and george is confused as to why and it's always been something that confused me too in fact i just learned that actors don't like line readings because i was listening to kevin smith and he said he's given line readings his entire career Mm -hmm. and it's only when he started putting his daughter and no one's ever told him not to do it but his daughter was in a movie he said hey uh say it like this and she's like dad don't give me a line reading and he's like what are you talking about he's like don't actors hate it when directors tell them how to say a line and i guess it's (laughs) because the actors want to make that choice but i'm like but it's the director's movie. It's not yeah. your movie. If you're saying they fooled me or they fooled me, that's two different readings and it'll play differently on the screen. And exactly. I don't care what you think. It's my movie. Yeah. I never, like, I, I, like I'm the director. Yeah. When I heard that actors don't like giving line, being given line readings, I'm like, that's your job. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't like eating broccoli. <laughs> but what <is> that? <laughs> but well, if a movie requires it, I'm going to eat it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to make that connection and it made sense in my brain. And then I said, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I don't like eating broccoli, but go on to it. But if a movie is like eat broccoli, my, my, and you, as an actor, I don't want you to go, oh, my character wouldn't eat the broccoli in this scene. Like, uh, yes. Well, yes. It's integral to the plot or something. You know, whatever. It doesn't you're, matter even if it's not. You're on my strange addiction. You are addicted to broccoli. <laughs> yeah, you have you're to going eat to eat the broccoli. You have to eat this. Um, so I, I don't understand. If you're an actor and you can explain why you don't like line readings, you're probably not going to be able to give me a good reason, but I'd love to hear it. But, but because <laughs> that's, I feel like the director's job is to direct. Yes. It's like, if, imagine a, uh, the director of an orchestra, like, okay, play these notes here, play this note quiet, and play this note loud. No, I don't yeah, want to do that. I'm going to do what I want. I wanna play, I'm going to make a choice as a uh, musician and play it. Play this part loud and this part quiet. Like, well, that's not how the music's written. Well, I don't care. I'm the musician. Like, well, I'm yeah. the director. So play the song the way that it's written. Yeah, it, it's like the parent has final say over what the kid does. Yeah. Is it's that like, where your vegetables were coming n- in? Actually, you know, I... I think I've come full circle. I think that's the thought I was trying to make. But, like, the parent has final say on what the kid does. If the parent says, hey, no, we're not going to Disney today. Mm, no, I want to go to yeah, Disney today. The go. kid is still going to say, I want to go to Disney today. Yeah. But the parent's like, no, I'm driving this car. We are literally not going to Disney today. I, I think I follow. <laughs> but I just, I, so, but Jerry explains that. D- does Jerry, my broccoli thing make sense now? I, it's coming back around. It's okay. coming back around. You might have lost it when, it, when Disneyland got involved. <laughs> I was like, well, why is Disneyland? And bro- if I eat on my broccoli, I can go to Disneyland. That's what I got. Maybe. Out of it. Who knows? Um, but so, and uh, George is like directing too. But George is like, take 
get, you know, because he's oh, he is overstepping his bounds as a writer, going like, oh, that's five, everybody, trying to act like he has some sort of authority on the set when he really doesn't. By the way, the director in this. Uh, in this episode is played by Tom Sharonis. Is it really? That's, Tom, what? that's the great Tom Sharonis. Yes. Oh, man. We get a lot of great, and, and I can't point them all out, but as I was looking at the credits, there's a lot of writers and producers and, and directors of Seinfeld. That Just are, playing like the crew? Yeah, playing the audience, that's playing perfect. the crew. Exactly. That's so yeah, good. Yeah. So, but this director is Tom Sharonis, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and so he goes up, and I forget the female executive's name, Rita? Is it Rita? Uh, I want to say Rita. Maybe. Uh, I don't but anyway, know, so honestly, you know, she is like during the Hagen Dawes rehearsal, she's like talk about a show about nothing, and you know, she's like, well, you know, Jerry can't act. Uh, this show is garbage, and Russell, meanwhile, is out of it. He's mm-hmm. like totally spaced out. Like he hasn't obviously stopped thinking about Elaine. Yeah, and like she she points out like uh, because someone points out that the the bald guy is driving him nuts, and yeah. that, that's when she points out that. Uh, Jerry can't act because she's like, oh, these stand-ups can't act. Yeah, it's the least but, of our problems. But at this point, there had been a lot of stand-ups given sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Roseanne Tim Allen. Yeah, the, the Roseanne yeah. Rush. And uh, I I wanted to pull up like a list. I found like just a list of failed uh, stand-up comedian yeah. sitcoms. And I had totally forgotten that John Mulaney had his own. Oh, gosh. Uh, was that awful? Like, I had such high hopes I, for that. I heard it was, was very bad. I tried watching it, and I was like, this is And all... it had Martin Short in it, too. Yeah. I was like, this uh, is all laugh tracks and bright lighting, and not like Mulaney's comedy yeah, at all. Yeah, but uh, there was uh, one with Rob Schneider. There was Whitney Cummings. Oh, I watched Whitney. I watched a couple yeah. episodes of Whitney. And, and Chris D'Elia, who I, I don't know if he was a stand-up before, but he was on that show. I, I'm, least, pretty, I'm pretty sure he was a stand-up was a stand-up going stand-up into before? the show. Okay, so now, and he's still a stand-up. Yeah, but like they, they all have like the generic like names. John Mulaney's was Mulaney. Yeah. Rob Schneider's was Rob. Whitney Cummings was <laughs> Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> Roseanne's was Roseanne. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair. Wanda Sykes was Wanda, Wanda at large. Ah, I see. Which I I, I don't get. I I remember Ch- Dave Chappelle's was called Roommates, so I do remember that. Yeah, and then uh, they go into this article I found is on taste, and then they go into was this the one that we had talked about earlier when we, when Jerry got the I think we, the, we, the Roseanne Rush one yeah, specifically. Yeah. No, I oh, I found that one, one though, okay. but this is a different one. And then they go into all of the failed sitcoms that Andy Richter has had. Oh, yeah, Andy Richter controls the universe, uh, Andy Richter P.I., whatever uh, and, and it was. Andy Barker, Andy Barker P.I., and Quintuplets. I don't remember Quintuplets, because <laughs> uh, I watched Andy Richter controls the universe and Andy Barker P.I., and both of those shows were hilarious. I liked both of those shows. Yeah, I think Quintuplets was, uh, was it the first one? Uh, Wait, was that the one where there were five Andy Richters? It might have been. That sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, but it... it <laughs> The the whole thing is it like uh, they say that it it ignored Andy Richter's off kilter energy that uh, the, uh, the same energy that brought him to the table. Yeah. So it's like here's this guy. Let's make him different. Yeah. 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 But I, I liked his two other shows. I thought they were pretty funny. I, I think I watched one episode of Andy Richter controls the universe, and I was like eleven. Yeah. I'm like I don't get this. <laughs> I don't remember what it was about. I, I, I have I, no idea. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it was. I remember being kind of funny. So back to like a Russell. Uh, being like completely out of it. Yeah, and yeah. meanwhile, Elaine, the actress Elaine, TV, TV Elaine, um, and Jerry are sitting in uh, director's chairs, offset, and looking over the script. Jerry's and stuff like already that. totally over this. Yeah, and <laughs> and she's like, "Are you breaking up with me?" And he's like, "Are we going out?" <laughs> she's like, "You're breaking up with me." He's like, "Do you want me to break up with you?" He's like, "You know." He's like, "All right, we're broken up." And and uh, and then she's like, "Can we still be friends?" But this is her method acting. 
Yeah, she wanted I guess. To, she wanted to experience everything that Elaine experiences. Ugh. The transformation is complete. They are now Ugh. exes who are still friends. I guess that's what she wanted. It wasn't like that. She's psycho. I mean, she is. She's very psycho, but she's also very method. So I, okay. now she has dated Jerry and broken up with him, and they are remaining friends. So it, it doesn't it, in the in the larger context. Like I've always seen this scene out of context because it's written in that punchy style, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny. It's about breaking up in a dumb way, which is Seinfeld's kind of calling card that people you know yeah. tend to know it for. And but it's it it falls in line with her method acting. True, she is now broken up. She is now an ex girlfriend of Jerry, and she wants to still be friends like yeah. Elaine. She she has become Elaine. She has become Elaine. Yeah. And in this scene, uh, I know we just pointed out like the great naming conventions of sitcoms with stand-up comedians. The show the name <laughs> of their show is Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Just Jerry. <laughs> I like that they didn't go with Seinfeld on the show. <laughs> Seinfeld. They went with Jerry. Yeah. I, I I wish they would have done like some something kind of like Wanda at large, like yeah. Jerry something. Yeah, or yeah. Jerry something something. You right, know? right. What about I remember one of his first book of like you know, stand up. I think it was called um, Sign Language with S E I N. Do you like yeah. that? Would you like that for a sitcom I don't, title? Sign Language. Maybe. Yeah. I, I feel like that's not bad. Yeah, but it, then people would watch and they'd go, "Isn't someone deaf on the show?" I thought. <laughs> I thought this was a show about a deaf guy, but he's he can hear everything. The butler is deaf. <laughs> what if the butler is deaf? <laughs> it's perfect. Um, and so George asked. TV Kramer, meanwhile, about the raisins, and he's now really getting on TV Kramer's nerves, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, saying I don't like you. And is this where he threatens to punch him? And I think that might be later. I, th- I think it is later. And right in here, whenever George is talking to TV Kramer, did you see Jeremy Piven, TV George, pop in for a second and then leave? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I'm wondering if this is like a thing with HD, yeah, where uh... like where he wasn't in frame in uh, in four three. And yeah. then, like, if it got, like, remastered or, or uh, spread out to, like, widescreen, his face just pops in and pops weird. out. Weird. No, it's I didn't notice so that. It's so weird. It's so out of place. I mean, you got to feel like there had to be been a reason for it, because why would he be <laughs> near that scene anyway? I have no idea. <laughs> weird. I, I, I totally didn't notice that. But uh, Russell, who had excused himself when, when the executives were like, Russell, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be right back. He makes a sniveling phone call to Elaine mm-hmm. um, uh, and, you know, who turns him down again, it seems like. And meanwhile, a crew member bumps into him. Yeah. Very lightly, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And Russell fires him on the spot. Oh, he lays into him. Yeah. yeah. He eviscerates this PA. Yeah, yeah. And- who, by the way, I had to look up to see if it was Chris Penn or not because it looked... So much like Chris Penn. Who's Chris Penn? Sean Penn's brother, who's also in Footloose. He was also oh, in okay. uh, Reservoir Dogs. Um, and but if it was Chris Penn, it would it was like it's a thin Chris Penn <laughs> because Chris Penn in '93 had already done stuff like Reservoir Dogs and Footloose. Okay. And he was a big dude. Um, and so I was like, wow, if that's Chris Penn, he had lost a lot of weight in '93 and then put it all back on <laughs> by the time he was you know making more it, movies. And the verdict. It's not Chris Penn. Oh, okay. I don't think oh, it's a okay. pen at all. I don't think, it's a, but it looks like a pen brother to me. It sure does. I don't know if there's another one, but uh, yeah. I mean, and the whole cast and crew, he like. Oh yeah, they're all yeah. looking at Russell. Like, and he, and he almost kind of lays into them too. He's like, "I'm Russell Dalrymple. I got any woman I want. You know how much money I make and stuff like that." Yeah, he's, he's going off. Back in the apartment, George has got to wait two days until his lab results come in for his white discoloration on his lip. Uh, meanwhile, Jerry's upset because his problem is that he can't act. Yeah, he's like, "I can't act. I stink. I'm gonna make a fool out of myself in front of the whole country." Yeah. Uh, and Kramer comes in very stiff, obviously still has not gone. Jerry suggests it's time for the apparatus. And oh. I, I wasn't quite sure what they were talking about at this point. I, I wasn't either. Because, uh, 
you know, and, and Kramer even says like, "There's no inserting into that part of my body or something like I, that." I guess, but I, I I did like Kramer pointing out that like he tried the brand. He, he said, oh, yeah, yeah. I tried forty percent, fifty percent, one hundred percent, and like back in the back in the diner, that's what he ordered. He ordered brand. He's like one hundred percent. Yeah, like I I didn't know there were different levels of brand. Am I crazy or did Jerry already bring that up in like season one? Did he? Yeah, I want to say he did. Like oh, they're in a grocery God. store and he's like. Or it's, Maybe it's in one of the stand-up bits. I it's think one of you're the, right. Yeah, that's the that's the only weird connection that I made between yeah. an early, like, I was like, I think we've already talked about this, but we yeah. might have. And uh, there's also the back and forth between uh, George, Jerry, and Kramer, where George and Jerry are tr- uh, giving Kramer, like, suggestions, and one of them's like, meta, nope. X, nope. Milk of magnesium. Tried it. Yeah. He's tried everything. He's tried everything over the counter. So that's why Jerry suggests the apparatus, I yeah. guess. Uh, meanwhile, Elaine comes in and she files her. She had filed her monk's report and she's not going to come to the taping. Yeah, she, she doesn't want to make. Uh, she doesn't want to go because uh, Russell makes her uncomfortable. Yeah. She knows he's going to be there. And, and Kramer doesn't want to go because he's got to stay close to his home base in case there's any <laughs> news, he said. <laughs> um, so at 30 Rock, it's time for the pilot yeah, taping. Yeah, crowd's filling in. Yeah. Uh, cast and crew are getting ready. TV Kramer's eating the from the box of raisins that he stole. <laughs> Gotta which, be which, the box of raisins. I, perfect shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just very casually, just... Yeah. Yeah. Elaine is attending in disguise. She's got a blonde wig and big black frame glasses on. Uh-huh. Like a short blonde wig. Yeah. Uh, like, a, like a bob K- or, k- or Kind of like a BB Rexa. Yeah. If you know what she looks like. Uh, and meanwhile, cut to a pharmacy where Kramer is buying an enema. That's the, an at-home enema. That's the apparatus, I guess, that uh, that we were talking about, that Jerry was talking about. Oh, it's got a long okay. white hose. I don't know what like, it was. So a was whoopee like, cushion is this, bag. Is this a colostomy bag? Right, right, yeah. I don't know how to use it, but I'm guessing the hose goes, water goes in the bag, the hose goes up. And then you squeeze. I guess. I, I, I guess. I, yeah. I think so. And I guess the implication is that. <laughs> I, I'm just going to put it on record. I have never given myself an enema. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> right, right. how this works. We're still very far away from our yes. prostate exams as men. <laughs> I'm a little bit closer, obviously. But um, is, is it when you turn 40? Is that it? Why did, I thought it was 50. Oh, I always thought Maybe it was it 40. Maybe 40. I don't know. Man, you got a couple years. I, I, Get I, ready. Only, I'm a lot closer than I thought, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that is involved. But also, I mean, the, Kramer's um, insinuation is that using an enema makes you gay. Like, putting anything in there makes you gay. You I know, guess. Right? Like, there's no inserting in that. I, nothing goes in there, you know, or oh, else you'll no. be gay. Back at the pilot taping, uh, Wilton Marshall introduced himself. Like, there's a guy sort of, like, looking at Elaine from behind, and he, like, taps her on the shoulder. He's like, Elaine, Wynton Marshall, remember? From Camp Tioga, 1978. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, re- recognizes Elaine instantly. Yeah, from and behind, he, oh, in, a, yeah. in her disguise, from yeah. Over, oh, no, he, no, he's in front of her. He's, he's behind, Yeah, he's, he's sitting behind her. No, he's in front of her. He's, he's behind her. He taps on her shoulder and she turns around to look at him. I thought he was I, in front of her. I saw the her. episode twice. Okay. That's, I mean, you would, know, you would know it. She has to turn around to look at him. So he recognizes her okay. from behind. Jeez. From but, 1978. And he, and he says, says, you haven't changed a bit. Yeah. So her disguise is obviously awful. Uh, meanwhile, Jeremy Piven is panicking. But uh, it's in a way it, that George would. Yeah, he can't remember any of his lines. <laughs> He's freaking out. Jerry says, oh, you're just like George. Yeah, no, this uh, is perfect. <laughs> uh, TV Elaine has gone full crazy. She will only respond to Elaine. Like, yeah. her and Jerry are back in makeup. And one of the PAs comes by. He's like, Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. And Jerry's like, try Elaine. <laughs> Elaine. Oh, yeah? <laughs> George, meanwhile, has made a call to his doctor. And the test came back negative. And he goes, <laughs> negative? Oh, why? 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 
But of course, negative means good and <laughs> yeah, positive. Yeah, you don't hear the, you don't hear the doctor say anything. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait, negative is good. <laughs> yeah. It is confusing because negative means bad to everybody else. But I know. when it's when it's a test for something, you want it to be negative for cancer, not positive for cancer. You know. <laughs> uh, so, and we see a shot of Joe Davola in the audience as well. Uh, and, and these all, all these kind of quick cuts. Uh, George is at craft services. He's double dipping his chips. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. In is, front of TV Kramer. Yeah, in front of TV and Kramer. I don't, did TV Kramer say anything about this? I don't think he did. I don't think he no, confronted no, George. No, he doesn't point out the double dipping. But the, he is trying to make peace with TV Kramer. He's like, oh, I know we've had our disagreements and you stole mm-hmm. the raisins. Maybe you didn't. Whatever. Let's just put it all behind us. But then the TV Kramer threatens him again. I think this is where he says maybe I'm going to punch you. And a punch, a punch through your heart and put it down your yeah, throat or something says, like that. How would you like it if I just pulled your heart out of your chest right now and just shoved it down your throat? Yeah. Which, okay, this is uh, pretty aggressive. Now this is problematic. Uh, d- definitely, I don't even know if it's problematic, but definitely going to get you fired from a TV show. Yeah, especially one in the, in the pilot stage. Yeah. Just ask, You're very expendable. Ask Jerry's dad. Ask John Randolph if you <laughs> oh want my to. Oh yeah. my, George's dad. Well, oh, I know, no, Jerry's dad got recast after the the. You oh know, my God, the that's first, right. The first that's right. Episodes. So Jerry's dad and George's dad have both been recast. So <laughs> just ask them if it's a problem in the first couple seasons to, to cast somebody differently. Yeah, especially before you've even filmed the first <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah. Ask uh, what was his name? Uh, the original Danny Tanner uh, from Full House. Oh, I don't know. I don't know this. I even uh, watched the unauthorized Full House story. Uh, Not it, Bob Saget? No, uh, the original, uh, they included it on the complete series DVD set. Oh, wow. There's an unaired pilot, huh. uh, which actually has a Seinfeld connection. Really? Um, he is in Seinfeld as, what character does he play? John something. He, he's a, a dentist or something? Oh, are you talking about Brian Cranston? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Brian Cranston plays a dentist later on. Should I look this up? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, it did remind me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the other thing about pilots, too. I mean, this one is going to be on air, but watch the pilot episode of a show and then watch episode two. Oftentimes, they're completely different. I mean, look at Seinfeld, for crying out loud. Ask that waitress in the in Monks, which, by the way, wasn't Monks. Ask that waitress in the diner about being recast or not having your part when the when the pilot shows up, you know? Oh, okay. The original Danny Tanner is John Posey. Wow, I don't even recognize him. He was in what episode? I don't think we've gotten to it yet. Yeah, maybe um, not. We'll have to keep an eye out for him. Uh, but he is... Let me see if I can find John Posey Seinfeld. Oh, no, we definitely did this one already. It's what is the, it? the Heart Attack, season two. The he Heart in, Attack. He was in this one. The oh, heart- he was Dr. Fine. He was George's doctor. Yeah, because George ends up in the hospital because he's purple or something like that. Elaine dated the doctor. So um, Elaine went out with him, I guess. Yeah, they went out on like one date yeah, or something. And he started talking about the anatomy, science stuff. Turns Elaine off. Oh, they, they were in a car. They were in the car. Oh, he starts talking about the tongue. That's yeah, it. That must that's be him. It. Wow. Oh my god. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the original Danny Tanner. Wow. How was he? Was he good? <laughs> no. That's oh. why they recast him. He was literally moving from his home to L.A. Oh my gosh. And on his drive to L.A., they had. Called Bob Saget, hired him, recut the entire pilot, and fired John Posey Yowza. while he was driving. Well, I'm glad he landed that Seinfeld bit. Guest star. Guest yeah. starring role Ge- guest in a role. season two um, <laughs> you, you know, season two, the most watched and talked about season. Another famous recasting, of course, Michael J. Fox was not the original. Um, you know, Michael J. Fox was trying to get out of his family ties uh, contract at the same time as Back to the Future needed to start filming. So they got Eric Stoltz to do it. And they filmed a ton with Eric Stoltz, 
knowing they were going to fire him later when they could get oh, Marty. Man. And then, so they just filmed a bunch of oh, scenes that they needed, no. and then they they were like, "All right, Michael J. Fox is the real star. You're out." So he was <laughs> he was on the he was on the set for like a week or two, maybe more, and then they were oh, like, "Oh, we got Michael sucks. J. Fox. All right, that fire sucks. the redhead." Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty crazy. You can go watch that on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, but so yeah, it, 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 he should have been recast. I think is what we're saying. Tom Pepper. Should not have been in the final uh, airing of the pilot. But uh, Jerry's warming up the crowd, you know. By the way, how weird was it when the first warm-up warm up comic goes on? Or whatever, whoever that guy is. I'm assuming it's like a warm-up comic. And he's like, who knows what a pilot is? And there's a guy that goes, he flies the plane. I'm guessing that was a writer. I'm guessing that was uh, one of the writers that wanted, like, give me a line. Come on, give me a line. I'm going to write myself a line. Because it, it, it was weird. Yeah. Uh, but then Jerry also warms up the crowd. He's like, oh, you know, we kind of hope this goes to pilot uh, or goes to series. It's going to be on. It's called Jerry. And uh, I wrote it. And, and then Joe Dubola jumps up from the seats, yells, Six Semper Tyrannus, and jumps from the top level of the seats. And freeze frame what, of him jumping onto set, which is very high up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, if you're not familiar, like with uh, a, a TV set, that first row is not on the floor. There's like ten feet or more to make room for all of the cameras. Yeah, yeah. The, the people in the stands are like very high <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So if you picture like I, I'm, I'm kind of picturing SNL too, where they have those floor seats, but then they also have back behind all the cameras, like you're saying, so they can move back behind that crowd, mm-hmm. that higher rafter seating. Exactly. Uh, anytime they go in. Yeah, yeah. So that's where he jumps from. And that's where we get a freeze frame. And then we open up in Jerry's apartment uh, after a break, and the pilot is airing that night. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's the week after, yeah. because uh, that, that was originally what they were saying. They were filming it uh, They were filming it today, and it's going to air next week. Yeah. Russell's still missing. Which, which is a very quick turnaround for a sitcom. I, I feel like... I feel yeah, like a week. I feel like shows need a lot longer, like to edit and like post produce. Yeah, I don't know. Today. One guy working a I don't full know. week on a show. It seems like it, it, it's doable. I don't uh, know. A twenty minute, three camera, all storyboarded out. That's true. The script is tight. That's true. I, I mean, uh, our our guy who uh, edits our wrestling shows does multiple cameras, almost like three and a half hour shows in like twenty four hours. Yeah. And he's incredibly talented. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah. A week seems a week seems maybe long. Yeah. Um, and then when you think of uh, something like South Park, you know, they do shows oh God, like overnight yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I think about God. I mean, that's yeah. animation, something I, well, totally different. Yeah, I mean, you, you've seen the documentary about it, Yeah, what is it, it right? called? 24 Hours to Air or something like uh, that? Six Days to Air? Six Days to Air or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the morning after the ep- like the re- the new episode airs, they start writing next week's. So they have, yeah. like, nothing before that. Well, I, I think that's the documentary where they are transmitting it via satellite to Comedy Central that night yes like it's about to go on the air and they're transmitting it to Mm -hmm. comedy they're like they're transmitting the raw data to comedies like they had to they have to play it in a vhs over satellite or something like that i seem to remember it's not like they put it in dropbox (laughs) and they can download it that or or whatever it was kramer comes in uh and he he's loose and limber i mean he's singing some old 20s song whatever some jazz tune uh and he he did the big e uh and (laughs) You know, I, I think that's what Elaine says or something like that. Oh, you did the big E, and he goes, I am wet and wild. <laughs> oh, God. Which is a gross line, but yeah. also very funny. Yeah, and I, I wanted to point this out. Like, it is the week after the pilot filmed. Yeah. When did he shit? Did he just go? Maybe. Yeah. Has it been like two a weeks? week and a half, two weeks? Maybe two, three weeks, yeah. Oh, my God. Because you think God. casting, rehearsal, shooting. I mean, how long is that process? In real Shooting life? airing. In yeah. real life, months. Yeah. Maybe years. But for one pilot, maybe one month. 
So he hasn't shit for a month. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe also he maybe it just messed up his whole digestive system. <laughs> maybe maybe um you know his maybe he wasn't eating either. You know maybe yeah who knows. Um, but uh, Wet and Wild was uh, kind of a funny and gross line. <laughs> Elaine is sitting on the couch ready to watch the pilot, and she finds Jerry's dad's wallet, which is a weird... I thought it was Jerry that found his dad's wallet. No, Elaine's sitting on the... the oh, was she's it? like, hey, look, I found this. And she passes it to Jerry. And he's like, this is my dad's wallet that he lost. So from all the way back, we're getting so are many... They, are, like, they, are they just trying to tie up loose ends I for the season? So. Just kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know which why. Which is weird. Yeah, we didn't need it. It doesn't lead to anything. Yeah, but... He doesn't yeah. call his dad about it. Right, and maybe it will come up later on, but he thought the doctor stole it, and the doctor didn't. Um, and so, but now he has the wallet. Uh, and now the, the pilot's starting, uh, and the, it's got a... Yeah. The title scene of the pilot, so cringy. Oh, it's a great cheesy <laughs> classic sitcom intro. <laughs> For, freeze frame on every character as the camera is just like con- like consistently so panning over all of them. Normal stand up, it's like starring Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, and then it goes into the crowd of the stand up, and, and and all yeah. of his friends are in the front one row. One table in the front row. One, yeah. one table in the front row. So it shows you know Jeremy Piven, whatever his character's name is, as George, and he's laughing at Jerry. Then over to Sandy, and she's laughing at Jerry. <laughs> then over to Tom Pepper, and he does like a very Kramer bit where he like pretends to choke on something, but then he's still laughing. And and then the last scene is them holding beer mugs and like. Cheer, oh, doing a cheers in the middle of the table and it freeze frames like written by <laughs> Jerry so Seinfeld bad. and George Costanza it's or whatever so it is. Bad. Yeah, but, but I love but sitcom it's so intros. Good. Yeah, it's so on brand for '90s sitcoms. <laughs> yeah, and the 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 real gang, the the real gang, yeah. Jerry, like actual Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer, they all cheer in Jerry's apartment. Yeah, which I want to make this the cover art because uh, it, it's perfect. Oh, it looks good. Yeah, uh, and and so then everybody from season four and beyond is watching the pilot airing. So yes, cut to Susan the, and Al. Allison. This is another thing I hated I in this episode. I love this. I I liked it, but it was way too I long. Don't know. I, we don't I, need to, we don't need to touch on everybody we met in season four. I, it's a rule of thirds. I rule, rule it. of thirds in comedy. Well, maybe there's nine of them. Uh, I love. So we're gonna do it three, three times. Yeah. I loved it because it was like a clip show without being a clip show. I you guess. Know? Yeah. It, it was like a best of real without like hey remember all this great stuff from season four that's true you know we're, we're really closing well, it out all right, all right let's let's go through them let's let's count how many there were there were susan and allison well we they, can we can let's go through them let's okay, go through them and go yeah, through we'll, them we'll, so, go, we'll go through it like normal so susan and allison they, they, they're both watching it and they're just like oh george yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get the line that they say was very george like there's a line that's said and they're like oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear it but it, it, i think he's coming in uh, complaining about he's just complaining about something. Yeah, and so they both have dated George, and they both know it's very uh-huh. George like. Then um, Sid, the old man, uh-huh. and the housekeeper, and he's like, "What kind of stupid show is <laughs> yeah. this?" And he's like, "Wait a second, that's the guy that came in and stole my records." Yeah, and, and then his housekeeper is laughing. At yeah, it. yeah, cracks up. Uh, then JFK Jr. and, and Marla and, and the, the Virgin. Virgin. Yeah, and she's like, "John, come back to bed." He's like, hey, "Isn't this uh, that Jerry Seinfeld?" Oh, fella? he's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> well, nevertheless, uh, <laughs> and then the Drake. And a woman who is credited as the Drakeette. <laughs> is, is she really? Yes. What? And they're watching on a tiny... It, it, it's not the same woman that he was no, engaged to? No, it's not. Okay. I think her name... I forget her name. But, um, yeah, it's not the same woman he was engaged to, but they're watching on a tiny handheld TV. But and he's the, like, the, love the sign. Got, got, got to love the got sign. Got to love the sign. And he's like, hate the sign. <laughs> No, well, then maybe it was the same woman. Uh, uh, people, please let us know if that was the same woman or not. Uh, then Ping and Cheryl. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Bubble Boy Donald and his parents are watching. And they're like, 
uh, Brian Doyle Murray, who plays Donald's dad, the Bubble Boy's dad. And I uh-huh. love, again, we get the great arm gag. Yeah. He's like, they're like, his mom's like, come on, he used to love him. He's like, ah, that, this guy's a sellout. <laughs> the fact that he has a, has a TV show now means he's yeah. sold out. And, and he's, the Bubble Boy is fighting for the remote. Fighting he's fighting his remote. dad. You just see like the, the, the giant arm. like arm I tube flailing. Love the arm tube gag. It's hilarious. So you got five. I got six, six right hey, now. Rule of threes. Oh, God. We did it. Twice. We rule did of threes. It. Twice, of three and that's, twice. this is only the first time I know, this we happens. We get more. We get more. So stay tuned. All right. Uh, so in the apartment, um, oh, this is the TV apartment, I guess. The uh, butler comes in, and he's like, "All right, where do you want me to start today?" We didn't see the casting of the butler. We don't really even know his name or anything, do we? I don't think. Um, and wait, did, did they point out? Oh wait, no. Jerry is telling Elaine in real life yeah. that oh yeah the butler's played by John Ritter's cousin oh yeah John Ritter's cousin yeah yeah he's good yeah um, <laughs> and Sandy comes in and she is nailing Elaine the oh, essence yeah. of Elaine she's got it I yeah. mean, whatever her method is it worked obviously yeah and I love the way she says we went on a date last week <laughs> which is exactly the way Elaine has said yeah, things before I mean it's, it's perfect yeah and I, I made a note was like the show isn't great it's, it's pretty <laughs> awful but it's literally Jerry's life it's literally what we've seen so yeah, far yeah. on Seinfeld yeah so I mean I mean and, and it, it, <laughs> it somehow they made even though Jerry even though Seinfeld has now transcended the Seinfeld Chronicles they made Jerry look like the Seinfeld Chronicles which yeah. is amazing which yeah. is an amazing feat I mean, uh, and so, all right, here's more. You want to start counting again? Oh, let's let's get into so it. So also right. watching our Jerry's parents. Okay, Monty and M- Morty and Mrs. Seinfeld. And I love... We never did learn her name, did we? <laughs> I don't think we know it yet, yeah. I don't think we ever But I did. love how she says, how could anyone not like him? Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. What, all right. What, what was that a callback to? Um, I forget. Oh, oh uh, Jerry not being invited to a party or something like that. Or the guy who thought he was a phony. Um, you know the guy, the parking space guy who doesn't like. Oh it. Yeah, 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 that's right. The parking space guy who Jerry he made uh, uh, someone tell him what he thought of him. He's like, he says you're a phony. He's like, I'm a phony. You know, and then he he has to tell that's him what right. he's talking about. Yeah. Um, Calvin Klein and Tia. Oh, okay, that's who. Oh, yeah. Okay, I-, I couldn't remember who the older guy was. Is the guy playing Calvin, Calvin Klein? Klein. Yeah, that's not right. Real, TV Calvin Klein. Yeah, t- TV Calvin Klein. And he's uh, like, he's got a casual elegance yeah, about him. I, I like his style. And uh, uh, Tia T- T is the one who's like, yeah, but he picks his nose. <laughs> and then Calvin says something that JFK said to Marla, nevertheless, which is interesting. It's just a weird, uh, yeah. But nevertheless, he's on TV. Nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, then um, Sal Bass, or perhaps Sal Salman Rushdie, Rushdie, and Sidra. Sidra. And they're watching it, and uh, they're like, <laughs> Sal or Salman Rushdie's like, hey, doesn't he go to our health club? And Sidra like rolls her eyes like, yeah. And then he just points out, he's like, you know, Kim Novak had some big breasts. You know that Kim Novak had some big breasts. <laughs> Wait, who, who is Kim Novak? Where did this come from? It's the same actress that Jerry mentioned when he wanted to ask, he wanted to broach the subject of whether oh her breasts God, were real or not. Oh my God, that's right. And Sal still doesn't know either. Oh And God. so he wants to bring that up. Uh, you know that Kim Novak had some big breasts. So now he's finally decided to broach the subject of, of whether her breasts are real or not. Um, Newman is not watching the show. He's falling asleep watching a Yankees game. <laughs> And that's it. That's four. Oh, no! We broke it. Ten's not divisible by three at all. Way to go, Jerry. Boy, we could teach you a thing or two about comedy. Jeez. I loved all of it, though. I, I loved I loved seeing... I loved that, that Sal and Sidra were together. Yeah. Uh, it, I liked, it, was, it was pretty funny. I liked all that. Um, so... Uh, we, I, I just thought it went on for way too long. Yeah. Maybe... 
Maybe Newman was one one too long, but I like the fact that but he Newman's wasn't watching. But Newman's the punchline. Yeah, though. Newman's the punchline. Yeah. yeah, we get some stand-up interstitials, the ending credits of the the thing. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and Rita calls immediately, uh, and Russell is no longer with NBC. They don't know what happened to him, but he's not there, and she's president. And one of the things, one of the many things, she says that she and Russell disagreed on was Jerry. So she says, "I'm passing on Jerry," and he's like, yeah. "It just aired." Yeah, and, she's uh, already making the decision. Yeah, so that's it. And Jerry and George, meanwhile, turn around and start staring at Elaine. Mm-hmm. Start staring down Elaine, saying, "It was you. You put these ideas in his head. That he had to do something differently." Yeah, and now we're and, out of a show. And Elaine says, "It's not my fault. I didn't know he'd fall from fall for me." Yeah, and George has a great line. He's like, "Yes, it is. You're very charming." <laughs> yeah, yells it at her. You're very charming. You knew you were. <laughs> Uh, and we learned that Russell went off and joined Greenpeace yeah, to impress yeah. Elaine. He got out of television entirely because Elaine hates television. And went to what she suggested, maybe if you worked for Greenpeace or something. Yeah. Uh, so he's in the Greenpeace boats talking about Elaine. Her name's Elaine Bennett. She works at Pendant Publishing. Explaining it to two seasoned sailors who are played by Larry David and oh my Larry God. Charles. What? Yeah. Really? Jeez. <laughs> Larry David. I didn't even notice his, this. Larry, it's because Larry David without his glasses is unrecognizable. Really? That's why. Yeah. Man. Anytime I see Larry David, especially 1993 Larry David without his glasses, I mean, just <laughs> unrecognizable. But the other guy is Larry Charles, who has made several appearances throughout the episode, and he's always recognizable by his big Rick Rubin beard, uh, which he has in the boat. Back at Monks, it's full of men. Yeah, it's packed. It's, it's just slammed. We've never seen it like this. The equal the, opportunity workers are there. And yeah, they're there checking it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're here to check it out, of yeah. course. Meanwhile, they've told everyone in their office, and they've been there for lunch and dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guys are like saying, all right, man, see you tomorrow. Like, yeah, they're greeting each other and stuff like that. The, yeah, the, the new owner comes by. He's like, oh, guys, lunch and dinner? <laughs> yeah, D- yeah. Dessert's on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Elaine confronts the owner. Again, all the waitresses look alike, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're in big trouble. You're, you're, it's prejudicial. Yes. Um, and it, the owner says, of course they look alike. They're my daughters. Uh, what a stinker <laughs> uh, it still to me does not explain why he looked her up and down uh, like that now that now that we know this I'll, I'll say this maybe he was just looking hmm you're not one of my daughters <laughs> maybe he just has a lot of daughters he only hires daughters he only well he only <laughs> hires his daughters yeah, yeah. he has so many daughters to so many different women that they still have to not, apply not all these women look alike they all have different mothers <laughs> there's even the redhead yeah exactly yeah which was a which was yeah so, for a loop. so yeah. how often does he have people coming up saying like I'm yeah i took, I took a paternity a test you're my dad like hmm. okay do you want a job he okay. only will hire his daughters. Once again. Yeah, so he looks her up and down. He's like, hmm, you don't look like you're my daughter. No. Once again. She does look like Peggy, I will say. Elaine does look like Peggy, the waitress that they end up getting in the oh, scene yeah. and that told her to, to apply for a job. Yeah. But you figure Peggy would know. If you're looking for, if you're looking for, if any, if anyone, if you know another girl, that's what she says. You figure Peggy would know if you're looking for another girl, we were looking for someone Ma- else or whatever. Ma- maybe she knows. Hey, yeah, my dad has a lot of yeah, daughters. If, yeah. you, if you know any other girl, <laughs> there's a chance this is her dad. I think you just solved another <laughs> problem like you did with the not retconning, whatever it is, with the office, <laughs> the same office set. Now you've solved this issue as well. Uh, I like George, too, saying, and that fine, upstanding young woman. He, like, breaks into some weird, like, 1940s. Yeah, what was this it's about? So to see young women with gainful employment, sir. I must congratulate you, sir. I don't know why he's talking like that, but I thought it was 
was very funny. I don't even know. <laughs> but they, they, they get a seat immediately yeah, because yeah. the owner loves them now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He knows their regulars too, and he wants to yeah. take care of his regulars. Because uh, he's in, he, it's under new management. You know, exactly. He wants to keep the, the people exactly. that, that were already coming. Uh, so. But uh, George says he has to start looking for a job tomorrow yep. now because the show didn't get picked up. Uh, uh, Kramer tells him to go work for Greenpeace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, cut back to... Larry David and Tom, Char- Tom uh, Larry Charles are the only people in the boat, and uh-huh. they're yelling, "Hang on, matey! Hang on! Keep I'll- keep swimming! Keep swimming!" They're losing Russell, and meanwhile, he's like, "I'll tell her! I'll go find her, Elaine Bennis! I'll tell her all about you!" And then we just see the Jerry script floating <laughs> in the water, and Russell is dead. I guess so. What the hell? I guess so. Yeah, and he had a he had a copy of Jerry with him for some reason. <laughs> Why? Why out of all of the new fall shows he chose Jerry? Maybe because it was so groundbreaking, and he wanted to like show his new Greenpeace buddies what he did. I, I, I guess Russell's but, dead. What's the problem with that? It's no problem. It's just very surprising. This is the first. I think this is the first death we've had. Yeah, you might be right. We've had very. We've had close. Uh, we've had close. This is the first death we've yeah. had in the show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, and it's a big one. Well, outside of, like, the funeral for, like, Jerry's aunt or something. The a pony car- remark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a, a character that we just met. Right. This, this is the first death of an established character. Yes. Yeah, he's been in several episodes. He had an arc. Yeah. Uh, you're right. I guess that's why it's so so shocking. Maybe. Yes. It, it caught me off guard. I was like, wait, what? Russell's dead? Larry David just did not try hard enough. He could have saved him, but yeah. he didn't. Uh, we get one more stand-up bit, and this is about how... Men don't know what to do to attract women. Women know how to attract men. You know, that's why they get made up and put on perfume and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Men don't know how to do it. And that's why they're building bridges, going to space, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's like the first guy that went on the moon, you know, that went on the moon. They came back. They probably went right up to a woman and said, hey, did you see me up there? <laughs> uh, we all did it, too. Which reminds me of, I think it was Orson Welles, an Orson Welles quote that's like, Men would still be living in caves. The only reason we walked, the only reason we left our caves was to impress our girlfriends. So it's been kind of a, but it also implies that, like, it implies that we're doing those things to impress women. I'm glad it doesn't imply that, A, women can't do those things, and B, if women did them, it would be to impress men. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't go there, but it's sort of like, it, when you look at it through today's lens, you're like, I don't think there's a problem with this. No, there's no problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that's it. Yeah. I mean, whew, that, it's a long one. Yeah. 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 Um, do we want to rewrite the synopsis? I, I guess. Well, did we have any homework? There was something I wanted. Oh, there, Russ Myers, maybe. Russ Myers. You, you want to look up, like, yeah, Russ Myers why not? movies? It couldn't hurt. Okay, yeah. We'll look, look that up. Uh, as far as better description, let me scroll all the way back <laughs> through my notes. I had 11 pages of notes I'm, for this thing. I'm guessing it's going to be fine, but we'll yeah. see. We just had uh, Jerry and George finally have their pilot produced by the network. I like it. I think, I think it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it doesn't uh, doesn't give anything away. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, it doesn't say too little. And everything. A lot of times, there's different topic trees, but everything spins everything off comes of the from pilot. that. Yeah, yeah. everything comes. Everything spins off of that. So I think it's fine. All right. Uh, do we want to? And Kramer can't shit. <laughs> How about Jerry Col- and George get their pilot produced by NBC and Kramer doesn't shit for a month? Semicolon. <laughs> get it? Because. Sem- uh, semicolon. Kramer, Kramer doesn't can't shit for shit. a month. <laughs> Kramer can't. What if, yeah, what if it was Kramer can't shit for a month? They'd be like, oh, is this another contest? Or was this a fat to see who could go the longest without. <laughs> 
That is awful. I uh, don't recommend. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, uh, Brit, speaking of uh, speaking of the contest, do you want to get into our uh, top five episodes of season four? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I I was telling you while we were off air, I went through and just um, put it like a star next to everything that I did like yeah. in this in this uh, season, and I got to eight. Uh, episodes, and then I tried to go through that eight again and cross out anything that I'm like, okay, th- this would be easy to get rid of. Yeah, and I was only able to narrow it down to seven. The only one I got rid of, and I really liked this episode, was the Cheever letters. Wow. So I'm guessing uh, Cheever letters is number eight mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick, uh. If I had to pick honorable mentions to get to a top five, are you going to try and rank yours five to one, or are you uh, just going to do in no particular order? Uh, I mean, uh, no particular order is definitely easier. I can try to rank them. Which way would you like to do it? I, I feel like we're running pretty long yeah. today, so oh, okay. I, feel, I feel like we should. I feel like we should just do in no particular okay. order. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll just do the seven I had. Then is that okay, or do you want yeah, me to no, narrow it no, down no, to five? Yeah. Okay, it's I, I on mean, a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we make the rules. Uh, well, uh, the, the trip one and two I counted as one episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the episodes where they go outside of the normal setting. Yeah, uh, like uh, the the uh, the travel episodes. Uh, obviously, the trip was in L.A. or based in L.A. I guess I don't know where they actually filmed it. <laughs> uh, the pitch where which was another long episode, which uh, is the very beginning of everything we saw in the episode today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opera, which introduced oh, us to Crazy Joe Devola. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved. Uh, I, I don't know the dude's name, the the actor's name, but I love his acting in this episode. Uh, obviously, the contest. I, I don't think you can mention. Like, I don't think anybody mentioning their favorite or the top episodes of season four would leave out the contest. Nobody in their right mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the outing I loved mm. because uh, it, it's it, it shows like these issues, but it shows them in a non-problematic way. Mm-hmm. We, we discussed that in our yeah. episode review of it. Uh, the implants, obviously, for uh, even just the line itself, uh, they're real and they're spectacular. But it's a it's a good it's a very good episode. And the Junior Mint. Um, for, I mean, just yeah. obvious reasons, I guess. By I, the way, I, I got to mention, since you, I was at a gas station and I was buying, did I tell you this? I think yeah, I thought, you did. Yeah. You, I mean, I, you, you I didn't tell you, it on the show. Right. I, I was buying uh, breakfast there and I saw they had the full display and they had one box left of the Seinfeld Junior Mints. And I know I promised to bring Junior Mints on the next episode. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And it will be the Seinfeld box. And it's the last one they had. It's meant to be. And I went up to a different register, and my mind just totally blanked. <laughs> and I totally didn't, forgot about yeah, them. Yeah, because I was like, when I go to that register, I'll buy them. Yeah. But I went to a different register, and so my brain was like, if this, then that. That didn't happen, so we won't buy it. My brain just like <laughs> totally forgot. And I was, I was walking out. I was like, is it worth it to grab those, get back in line? No, yeah. it wasn't. Not to me. Oh, so, <laughs> man. So, Ted, you will try a junior mint sometime in season five, we hope. Uh, but I, I love your Maybe. list, and, and we have a couple yeah, of let me similarities. Tell, let, me, let me hear what you've got. So all throughout the season, when I loved an episode and had many laugh-out-loud moments and just really enjoyed myself, I'd go put a star next to it because I knew that season four was going to try to be a, was going to be a bear yeah. when it came to trying to remember what I thought of all 22 episodes. So in no particular order, just in the order that they aired, I guess, 
the Cheever letters. I had to keep that on my list because I really? remember just loving it and loving the reveal and how it just felt like it's such a well-written episode. It was it was very good, and I I, I mean I'll I'll even reiterate it's less of an honorable mention for me, yeah. and it, it makes instead of a list of seven, I'll just make it a list of eight. The, yeah. the episodes that I named and the Cheever letters yeah. are my top eight of uh, season four. I also had the contest on mine. Yeah. I mean, you got to. You, you need to. I mean, you almost feel... People... It's the episode that everyone brings up. Yeah. It's like, if they if they ever encounter a person like me who's never seen any episode of Seinfeld, oh, you got to watch the contest. There's a reason it's in their greatest hits, and it, and it holds up. Like, you feel like you're... A lot of the episodes that I picked, I'm like, oh, man, these are like friggin' side one, track one of the greatest hits compilation mm-hmm. of Seinfeld. How cliche are these picks? But when you go back and watch them, and they still make you laugh and impress you you're like yeah okay all right you know it's it's like uh you know picking your favorite rolling stone songs and going uh let me see i can't get no satisfaction um <laughs> brown sugar like just what you know all of their big hits and nothing no deep cuts well i'm sorry like seinfeld's greatest hits are really well written and they'd still make me they're laugh they're the greatest day. hits for a reason and i've seen them yeah and i've seen them a million times and uh-huh. i still was surprised and enjoyed them so the contest is on there i put the visa on mine i remember getting a Did lot you of really? laughs about the visa okay. yeah uh the junior mint what do you know yeah um the virgin now i my my i put the the contest on the virgin were sort of like one of those episodes you mentioned that run that ran back to back uh-huh and were two were, were, could have been an hour-long episode i forget so, what came first was it the contest or the virgin first the virgin first then the contest okay. um and I thought I knew about those episodes, too, and I thought I was going to be like, oh, I get it. She's never had sex. Let's joke about whacking it. But they weren't about that. They they, yeah. they were funny. You know, it, it wasn't totally cliche, and that's why those episodes surprised me again, and that's why they ended up in my top five. So I was able to pare it down to five by ditching The Virgin, but if I could just throw it back in there with the contest, I'll put The Virgin and the contest in there. And the pilot, I really enjoyed myself. You know, one of the reasons I did was because of that clip show where we saw everybody watching the pilot. Once, that was yeah. the, that was the thing. That was that the reason was, it put you over the top for was, one of your top it episodes. It probably is the reason it put it over the top. Wow. I loved the I loved the completion of it. Like you put the yeah. you put the pitch in there which was the beginning of the story mm-hmm. arc. I liked the end of the story arc yeah. and the, I mean, all I, the payoffs. Yeah. I, I would definitely include uh I would definitely include the pilot if I didn't already have a bloated eight. list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eight in your top five. So I only had six <laughs> in my top five. Um, and so and the one I would kick out is the virgin, but if I'm able to put it back in, then then I will, and there it goes. Yeah. So uh, what what do you think? What are your top five? Please let us know. Yeah, Email let, us, tweet yeah, at let us. us know. Uh, no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com or at no hugging. Uh, both those links are in the description. Before we get to the next what the next episode is and break into season five, um, I do have a little bit of clearinghouse from uh, previous episodes. Let's go for it. All right, so season four, episode 17, The Old Man. In an alternate ending to this episode that was never broadcast, the housekeeping character reveals that she speaks fluent English with an accent native to New York. So she's like, what? Oh, I just pretend I don't. Whatever, I can't do New York. I don't know what, what that was. And yeah, what was that? Not Sen- she's not Senegalese. Um, she just pretends to be, I guess. Huh. And that causes George to lose interest in her because he wanted to date someone who was deaf or couldn't speak English. Jeez. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, the Implant, season four, episode 18. The television show Mythbusters tested the, sh- the theory that double dipping was like putting your whole mouth right in the dip. In oh 2009, my God. they did this. What did they find out? The Myth- Myth- Mythbusters found that double dipping produced fewer microbes than putting all the dip in your mouth. <laughs> What did they do? Just well put, done. What did they do? Just put a spoonful of dip in your mouth, swirl it around, and I, spit it back I, into the I bowl. I think so. Maybe not even swirl Ooh. it around. The Jeez. amount of microbes present 
was negligible compared to the amount found in regular dip. So double dipping is not That's, as bad as Cousin Timmy geez. insisted it was. Yeah, o- Officer Timmy. Yeah, yeah. You double dip the chip. You dip the chip. Jesus. He's like Judge Doom at the end I don't, I don't end remember of, him being that squeaky. I but think geez. he was Judge Doom at the end of Roger Rabbit. Another Roger Rabbit reference. Two episodes. Uh, in Salman Rushdie's non-fiction book, Joseph Anton, A Memoir, Rushdie recounts bumping into Jerry Seinfeld at a cocktail party where Seinfeld nervously asked his opinion of the implant mm-hmm. and visibly relaxed upon Rushdie telling him that he thought the episode was very funny. Oh, okay. So now we know Salman wow. Rushdie's Thoughts on Sal, Sal, Sal Bass. Sal, Sal Bass. Bass. Another fish. Uh, the Junior Mint, <laughs> season four, episode 19. According to the inside look from the DVD, I'm surprised none of our DVD watchers let us know this, the writers had trouble coming up with a name for Jerry's girlfriend and initially settled on Chloris. Chloris? Yeah. When filming the episode, <laughs> the warm-up comic... Uh, you oh, know the, the warm-up comment that comes out between <laughs> scenes while they reset and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ask the audience members to guess Jerry's girlfriend's name. Uh, so they took like suggestions from the crowd without the crowd knowing. One it. audience member guessed Dolores, which the writers went, "Oh my That's god, so why didn't much we better fit than Chloris?" Than Chloris, uh, Jerry approved it in time uh, to add it to the script, and the scene was shot with that being the character's name. Afterwards, the producer for the show was amused to overhear the audience member's husband saying, "You guessed right, <laughs> uh, you idiot, <laughs> you idiot." Um, we were right about this. That Jerry's line concerning Roy. Then we go. Wa- then we can go watch him slice this fat bastard up. Was improvised by Seinfeld. Jeez. I guess he probably expected it to be cut, but it was such a funny line yeah, that they yeah. left it in. Uh, get this: a York peppermint patty was used for filming the scene in the operating theater, as a junior mint was too small for the camera. What? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, and get this. This is a weird thing. The junior mint was relevant to the case of Gerald J. McKenzie versus Miller Brewing Company. This was a real thing. Yeah, a real case in the American courts. Relating to employment law, it's sometimes known as the Seinfeld case because McKenzie claimed that he was given the impression that he was looked on favorably, while in fact evidence shows that his boss thought he was unsuitable for promotion. And so they were essentially making him making it seem like he was going to be able to to work his way up, but they just didn't want to lose a worker. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Hey, that's wrong," and I could have left and found a better job at any point, but they made me stay because they made me think I was going to get it promoted. Um, and he eventually got a bunch of damages, but then they overturned it on appeal. Uh, huh. But here's where Seinfeld comes in. In 93, a colleague complained that McKenzie had made numerous comments about an episode of Seinfeld, The Junior Mint, which contained many double entons. Patricia <laughs> Best was the co-worker that complained that he had commented on numerous occasions about a Seinfeld episode that contained numerous thinly veiled references to the female sexual anatomy. Oh so I guess, God. like the episode has... Breast, vulva, vulva, you know, Dolores and all that stuff. Uh, I guess it was, you know, also a sexual harassment case. And so that's all that's all for, uh, you know, catch up on uh, sort of wiki trivia and stuff like that. Going into season five, all of our loose ends are tied up. Can you believe it? Wow. (laughs) Just like the pilot episode. (laughs) I mean, the pilot. The 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 pilot. Just like the episode, the pilot. Not the pilot. Yeah, Yeah. indeed. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, the, the only thing we the, we have left to do is, like, to make our announcement, I guess. Right. Uh, we are, we're taking a break. Uh, we, uh, we both got uh, some big things going on. Tim is moving to not just a new house. He's moving to a different city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are still planning on doing the show. Mm-hmm. So we are still going to keep up. Uh, with no hugging or learning, we are still going to like mow through the rest of the show. 
hope, hopefully there won't be any hiccups. We found a, a nice service that is going to uh, make it so that it'll hopefully sound as though we're right next to each other, mm-hmm. although we unfortunately won't be. Right. Uh, I mean, Unless maybe you know a couple times, who knows? Exactly. Um, but and also, Ted is getting married. Exactly. I if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, September eighth, I'm getting married next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have st- somehow been able to uh, squeak away from like wedding planning for a couple hours every week to either watch the show, take notes on the show, or record this show, and uh, it has caught up to me. We don't have nearly the stuff done that we need to do, and we get married in a week. Over the next month, obviously, I'm going to be getting married, uh, relaxing. We're going on our honeymoon, which goes through the very beginning of October, and hopefully we can start Season 5 and release Season 5, Episode 1. I was looking it up Sunday, October 6th, or Sunday, October 13th. Mm-hmm. So uh, be looking at your uh, podcast feeds on either the 6th or 13th of October. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to try and release like maybe some mini episodes uh, on like the our typical drop dates. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is going to affect our... Uh, final episode air date. So, Tim, <laughs> you don't have to get so those. Tim, it looks like you're uh, you're gonna stay alive for like three weeks longer, th- three or four weeks longer. Yeah. in the grand scheme of things, you don't have to. Whenever I did mini episodes, I didn't count them as real episodes. Mini episodes are their own episode count. So, mini episode one, mini episode two. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, like, uh, oh yeah, I, I won't count as a, oh, yeah, as like yeah. a full episode. Right, right. But I'm talking about like. Uh, from the very beginning of the show, he's like, "Yeah, May twenty second, twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it might end up being June twenty second, twenty twenty two. Is is when you die, right? So certainly <laughs> our major life event hiatus. We uh, we don't know when it's gonna really end. I mean, we've got hope. Yes, as we're, you can, we're, as you can we're tell. hoping that it will only be four and five, four or five weeks. Yeah. If that gets pushed to six weeks, even longer, we will let you know. Follow us on Twitter at No Hugging. That's where we're gonna keep everybody updated. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like uh, once this uh, once this goes up, uh, we will obviously like uh, tweet something out. We will keep everybody in the loop as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the next episode? Uh, next episode, season five, episode one, the Mango. Original air date September sixteenth, nineteen ninety three. Jerry learns Elaine pretended to enjoy their intimacy, mm. and Kramer is banned from a fruit store. Interesting. All right, I can't wait to check this out. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be checking that out in about a month. Yeah, unless you are <laughs> catching up a long time from now, in which case there will be no break. Yes, all hail President Amazon. Great for you. Yeah, just play the next episode. <laughs> yeah, just go to the next one. Yeah, we, we did it. What are you waiting for? I can't wait to find out what happened to us. You know, <laughs> Let, let's play that right now. Oh, we have to do our like our theme oh, music shit, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So for all you know, learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Yeah.